Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kaysen. Quick announcement before we get started on Final Fantasy Tactics today. Um, this game is mostly battling with very short cutscenes. Yes. Um, I underestimated how short they are. So we can get through this a much, much faster than I had originally anticipated. I had originally anticipated yeah. nine episodes. Right. We're going to get through it in five. That's awesome. So because of that, it's time to vote already wow. on the next game that we are going to cover after Final Fantasy Tactics. Now, we were talking about what we wanted to do next. The big one, the next big one, is going to be a sequels, of uh, Resident yes. Arc, uh, State of the Arc sequels podcast where we do um, either Xenosaga, Near Automata, or Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2. 2. Yeah. So that vote, that poll, is available now on our Patreon and Subscribestar. So there you go. That's up. Check out the links in the description. You can go uh, participate in that if you'd like. Um, <clears throat> now. Oh, and donate to Patreon. Oh, yes. That's actually how you can participate. <laughs> that's how you participate. <laughs> or subscribe star, however you want to do it. <laughs> that's um, how you participate. That's how you get to vote in the polls. That's where they'll be. That's yes. where they'll be posted. Details in the description. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. The way that we're going to be breaking this up for the remainder of the game is we're going to cover one chapter on every episode. Yeah. The game is broken up into four chapters. We didn't quite finish chapter one last time, so we will get through the end of chapter one today all the way through the end of chapter two. Next yeah. week will be chapter three. So if you're for, for those who want to know where to play up to for next week, you got to beat uh, chapter three. And yeah. then the following week will be finish the game. Chapter four, which is the end of the game. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay, so we left off right after leaving Igros Castle. Going to Fort Ziegden. Heading towards Fort, Ze uh, Fort Ziegden. Yeah. Um, or as they call it, the Ziegden Fortress in oh, the War yes. of the Lions version. Of course, of course. Um, but as you're moving there, you stop in the Mandalia Plains for a quick scene with Delita yeah. as he is um, struggling. He's really struggling with his loyalty to Ramza, but his severe doubts about Dice Darg and other nobles. Yeah. Um, he's really starting here to have a, a, a conflict in his mind about this. Because he does trust uh, Ramza, and he did see Ramza's father in some ways as a father figure himself. Mm -hmm. He was an orphan. He was taken in by Balbaneth Beolv. Um, yeah. And you can, you can sort of see that in the scene, but the reason why I like it so much is because these sorts of sentiments are not on the nose. It's all kind of in the subtext a little bit, right? Yeah. And that's something uh, Yasumi Matsuno does so well. He, he's got like these layers of meaning in the text. It's like the, the dialogue, yeah. the words that they're speaking are saying one thing, but like you can really get a sense or a feel for struggles that they're not voicing that they're not articulated and that that's really good it's subtle and yes. the writing it, it takes a lot of thought you've got to really condense down your your scenes to to make sure that you can keep the spirit of what you want to say right. but in is in a shorter amount of time and Matsuno's very good at that yeah it's it's to me in in my personal taste for dialogue it's the number one indicator of what I think makes good dialogue is, yeah. is there more to what the person is saying beyond just what the text is, beyond yes. what just the line is. And that's, yeah, yeah. Can, now, in 
you know, a film or even in a modern video game, you can evoke those sorts of sentiments through the, the facial performance. Yeah, or the voice performance, voice. yeah, tone of voice. But to be able to get that across mm. through text only with very basic animations yeah. is an even greater challenge. You gotta be a good writer. And my goodness, he pulls it off yes. in this game yes. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I think it's exceptionally well written. Um, but uh, so there's, there's a couple of, uh, there's one particular difference in the text between the PS1 version, which you're still looking at, yes, and I'm the still War of the Lions version, which I'm looking at. They turned this into a full, like, um, one of the new style cutscenes. So oh, it's not really? just that, you know, typical, like, uh, bird's eye view as, yeah. they, as they sit there and go back and forth. They actually have, like, a fully fleshed out scene here. Um, where Ramza comes up and he's like, hey, you know, I know Algus' words are mm. troubling you, you know. Right. And uh, Delita is saying something to the effect of, I can't do anything, you know, like I'm useless because of my station, because of my birth, right. because I don't have any rank or yeah. any um, status in this society. Like, I can't do anything. And, and Ramza tries to say something like, well, if, if you endeavor enough or if you try hard enough, like, yeah. you, you can do yep. anything, which is easy for him to say yes. as a noble. And, yeah. and Delita's response is something like, will endeavor grant me an army? Like, will, will trying hard like make mm -hmm. me a general, I think, in the PS1 version is what he says. Like, you don't understand. You, noble kid, don't understand. I can't do anything in this society. Right. This is, this is what he's starting to realize. The society yeah. is broken and he can't do anything because of it. Um, so At least not by following the rules and doing everything yes, by the book. Exactly. Yeah. So as after he voices that concern, he then picks up a reed and he's mm -hmm. like, remember, and now in the PS1 version he says, remember how father taught us to turn a, a blade of grass yes. or a reed into a flute? Mm -hmm. um, in the War of the Lions version, he, he specifies, remember how your father taught us how to do this. Because mm. I was really confused, I was like, father, like, Delita's dad? Is that who he's talking No, because he was orphaned and Ramza never knew his dad. Man. So he was speaking about Ramza's father, and I like that they make the distinction, your father, because Delita wasn't there at Balbaneth's uh, bedside when he was dying. Right. Balbaneth right? right. gave Delita to Ramza as a servant. Right. So he wasn't treated like a son. Right. So for him to say father, like in the PS1 version, to me makes less sense than specifying your father, because Delita didn't have a real father, someone who treated mm -hmm. him as a father, right. right? So you had a note there, you were gonna, you were saying No, something. no, that was it though, just that he said father. I know in the Japanese, um, often people will call or refer to other people in, oh. in terms of endearment if they're close enough to them, right? And yeah. they'll, they'll use family familiar terms. Um, and so they may, this, the PS1 version may have just been a, like a direct translation oh, from sure. the Japanese instead of localizing it to be more familiar with what Western yeah. people sure. would recognize, which is what they did for War of the Lions. Yeah. Anyways, it's a great scene. Um, as always, the scenes are short, they're to the point. Yeah. They're trimmed, they're like sharp. Um, they don't overstay, they're welcome. I, I just really love the scene direction, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the next battle is at the Linalian Plateau, or Linalia Plains in the PS1 version. You meet up with Maluda again, 
And like the rest of the Corpse Brigade, they're all in shambles. They're on the run. They're being yeah. slaughtered by yep. the Northern Knights, the Northern Sky Knights. Um, and you know, one of her one of her followers is saying, like, listen, you know, we should surrender or whatever. And she's like, no way. Like, if I'm going to die, I'm I'm going to die fighting, kind of a thing, right? So she's not giving in. Yeah. Um, Couple of really quick things. You can go to the uh, the tavern and get some more rumors here um, that are kind of interesting. I'm I'm reading the PS1 version of the rumor here because it gives some actual numbers behind like the casualties that have been suffered, and I kind of like that. Mm. So it says it was revealed that the main group in the Death Corps or Corpse Brigade, the th- uh, the thieves uh, were close to annihilation due to the joint effort of the four groups of the knights. According to the official reports, the total number of thieves apprehended by the plan added up to approximately 700, and the death toll was approximately 3,000. So 3,000 of these Corpse Brigade people have been killed. (laughs) Wygraf, the leader of the Death Corps, is yet to be apprehended, but the Hokuten uh, stated that it was just a matter of time. So they're on the brink of being completely routed at this point. Mm -hmm. Corpse Brigade, it's just a matter of time. They're going to be wiped out. Um, also, it has another rumor about King Andoria's uh, health. Of course, he's called Amdolia in the PS1 version. <laughs> Amdolia. Okay. <laughs> uh, spreading throughout the capital, uh, or sorry, the rumor of the failing health of King Andoria is spreading throughout the capital. Since his collapse during Orinus' birthday celebration, we've been told that he was on his way to recovery, but the discouraged faces of his close advisors tell otherwise. With an official guardian for the prince yet to be named, the queen is certain to clash with the elder statesman over his guardianship. So it's really brewing there behind the scenes, the beginning of what's going to become War of the Lions, right? Yep. So anyways, uh, you fight Maluda, you kill Maluda in this battle. And as she lies dead, I found it interesting that Ramza continues to struggle to understand, like, why is this necessary? Well, because he told her specifically, he says, I don't want to kill you. Yeah. And, and she, we had met her previously and let her go, right? Yeah. And then here she is again, and she won't, like, we have, we, I don't want to say we don't have a choice, because I guess technically, in reality, he would have had a choice. <laughs> sure. But within the confines of the game and his position and what he's trying to do and how it's us versus them, he feels as though he didn't have a choice. And yeah, that's, that's really like it's, really hard for him. It's, it's starting to eat on him. eating at him. That, like, do I have a choice? Is, is the world fated and destined to just this death all the time because yeah. we can't get along? Isn't there another way? Yeah. And Delita, on the other hand, is starting to really question what has, what has he become? Because he's, he's killing commoners like yeah. himself yep. who have the same feelings he's now having about right. the nobility and the broken nature of the society. Yeah. And he's... he's Full doubt mode now. It's just like, I don't know what I'm fighting on this side for. Like, this is not right. Hmm. So he's really struggling. Then you move to the uh, Fovohem Wildflats. This is where Wygraf is arguing with Gragoroth. I have no idea what his name was in the PS1 version. I forget. But uh, about why he kidnapped Teta. Again, or or Tetra. Um, Again, Wygraf is very against these sorts of methods. Kidnapping yeah. is like not part of what they do. People right. under him are starting to like go over him and make decisions that he wouldn't like. Yes, and in part that guy was just in a tight spot, right? Yeah. He was like, I needed to get out of there. Yeah. Um, they, had, they had 
or what he thought was that he had taken a Beov. He, he mistook Titra yeah, he for one of the Beov house. Yeah. And so he was like, again, we've got to ransom these mm-hmm. people to like yeah. get the funds to be able because <laughs> like our people are starving. Like we just yeah. can't survive like this. Yeah. Um, so they, they argue about it for a while and, and Weigriff tries to bring him back to understanding we're not fighting just for food on our tables and for our immediate future. Mm-hmm. We're fighting for our children's future. Mm-hmm. And like if we have to die to like cause the ripple that will make that happen in the next generation, so be it. Mm-hmm. But like that's what we're fighting for. And nobody under him can really see that. They're all concerned about themselves. Right, exactly. And so um, they're about to leave because it's like, listen, the, the Northern Sky Knights are like right on our tails. We have to retreat to Fort Zeekton. There we can hold up for a while. We have supplies. We have food there. Bombs. Apparently. We could survive a siege. <laughs> tons of tons of gunpowder. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, let's go there. But right as they're getting ready to leave, Ramza's party arrives. And it's like, all right, yeah, let me deal with them. You run to Fort Zeekton, let this girl go. We don't need her, Yeah. right? We're not doing that. Gragoroth, however, he holds to the plan. He's like, nope, I'm using this girl as ransom. Know, I'm taking yeah. her with me. <laughs> he's, like, he's not giving up on that. He thinks that he can use it as a bargaining chip. So Wygraf is obviously upset that Miluda was killed. Oh, he was informed in that scene. Someone comes in and informs him Miluda is dead. Yes, the people yeah. who killed her are like about to are show coming. up. Yeah, and that's us. And, and he's mad that she wasn't killed by proper knights because we're just cadets, right? Mm. So he's like, oh, that wasn't an honorable death. Um, Ramza apologizes, not realizing that she was Wygriff's sister. He doesn't want to hear any of that. He swears revenge. And he tells him, too, I didn't want to kill her. Yeah. Like, you guys are just on a, on a kamikaze mission. I don't want to kill people, but you're, yeah. you're like, forcing me. Uh, and I think also, in part... Uh, Wygraf wants their deaths to mean something, something mm-hmm. really big, something more. <clears throat> if Meluda was killed by a knight, then that can create the complaint of the government doing right. something. But when it's just the cadets showing up, it's too easy to be like, oh, they were... It, it wouldn't cause the ripple yes. that he wants, <laughs> right? And it would, it would have a more direct connection to, like, the government and the class issue, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Delita is demanding that they set his sister free, and Wygarf is confused. He's like, wait a minute, she's not a Beolv? Are you a Beolv? Like, right. what's going on here? And, and Rums is like, no, I am. Uh, don't, like, leave him out of it. Like, if you have a problem with my, with my right. house, it's me you gotta deal with. He's like, oh, I guess Gragoroth was mistaken. However, yeah. we're gonna let her go anyways, so right. it's, like, not a big deal, but... I'm going to kill you because you killed Meluda. <laughs> so he I really like the line in the War of the Lions version he uses here. He says, you'll see her set free if you live to see not at all. And then the battle mm. begins. So it's like, if you can survive this fight, then, then you'll see you'll, her free. you'll see her set free. <clears throat> um, during the battle, you have some uh, back and forth conversations with him, but it's really towards the end that he, dis- that he basically accuses Dysdarg of having sent Gustav to kidnap the to kidnap the Marquis. By the way, it is Marquis, not Marquis. <laughs> okay, Marquis. Yeah, okay. Marquis. Um, and he explains that Larg 
and Goltana are brewing to fight each other for control of the crown. So he's basically kind of ahead of the game on what's mm -hmm. coming, um, which, you know, Rams is like, no, those are lies. That can't yes, be true. Of course. My brothers would never do something like that. Yep. No way, you know, denying all of it. And he's like, fine, like, see for yourself. And then he sort of, like, teleports away. Now, what happens when, that, when they do that? Are so they, there is a teleport ability. A lot of people <laughs> just teleport. Okay. I think it's the most convenient way in cutscenes to show that they flee. Yeah. But there is a teleport ability that your mages can get and use okay. in, in battles. So it's the same animation. Well, that makes, like, <laughs> that makes sense. And they'll, like, warp over here. Okay, okay. So they're just teleporting away. But <clears throat> anyway, yeah. I guess it would I don't know have if it was just mean, a convenient story thing, or they yeah. could teleport whenever, and whenever people die, it's like, why didn't you just teleport? Yeah. They, they didn't, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the rules of teleportation are. <laughs> At least in battles, um, the way that it works is, like, your character's normal movement, let's say they have a movement of five, their range is five when they right. just walk around. Mm. If you warp outside of that range, the further outside of it it is, the lower your chances of success of the teleportation are. Okay, so it'll sure, be like, sure. if I try to warp from this corner all the way to the other corner, it's like a 5% chance of success yeah, I'll actually get work. there. But if it's like two spaces beyond my normal movement, it's like maybe 85% or something in that range. So it's like, hmm. I'll risk that, you know, like that, that chance of it failing to get a little closer and like be able to be okay. in range of the enemy or something. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's like, it's the same animation. They just throw their hands up and then like teleport away. But I think, I, I, I don't see it as like canonical that he's teleporting so much as that he just fled. He just fled. And they're just that's using that animation I'm, as that's convenience. What I'm seeing. Yeah, okay. Um, anyways, uh, they, they burst into, it looks like a, some kind of mill or something. Um, or maybe where they process wheat. or Yeah, where they grind it up or something, something yeah. like that. And so Delita comes in and finds that Tietra has been taken away. Yeah, she's all oh, Wygriff lied to us. Yes. He's really breaking down at this point, super worried. Um, and and Rams is like, we got to hurry on to Fort Zeekton. Like, she'll be there. I know it. Like, we can mm. get her back. So this is Fort Zeekton, and this is perhaps my favorite scene in the game. Very, very consequential. It's, yeah. man, is this good. Yeah. So it starts off with Gragoroth threatening Teacher. He's holding her hostage right yeah. there. And he's, he's saying, go away to Zalbag and the uh, Northern Sky Knights that are sort of like there surrounding the fortress. Or not maybe surrounding, but at least like... They're there to confront them. And he's like, I'll kill this girl if you take another step. This place mm -hmm. is rigged to explode. You better leave. We have all this gunpowder yeah. here. Like, don't come any closer. Yeah. And then Ramza and Delita, like, walk up or run up just in time to see this from the other side of the field. Mm -hmm. And Zalbag's like, all right, go ahead, Algus. And Algus shoots Tetra. I was thinking he, he would at least try. I was I was thinking it would be like an accident. He would at least try to shoot the guy, but accidentally shoot the girl. But um, yeah, he just shoots the girl straight up and then shoots the guy afterwards. Yeah, because because yeah, and I, I love how Gragoroth, who is this you know hardened son of brigand or rogue or something yes. like that, right? He is so gobsmacked. Yeah, by the fact that they it. just shot the hostage out of his arms. Yeah. That he's just like, 
like, gods have mercy. What is wrong with these freaking nobles, yes, dude? Yes. And, and then he just gets caught. And then they like, shoot right him too. after that. Yeah, he can't believe that they did that. And it's not so much even just them, all of them. It's specifically Algus or something like that. Because yeah. you'd think, okay, the higher ups, they'll do what it takes because they're evil people or right. whatever. But the lower downs wouldn't follow an order like that or whatever. Yeah. But Algus just totally does it. He's yep. just like, boom. He's just like, he doesn't care. He doesn't see anything wrong with it. Just no, yeah. no hesitation. Just kills her. And so Gragoroth is like dragging himself back into yeah, the into tower the, the to tower. go rig the explosions to, you know, again, kind of suicide, but like take as many nobles as he can with him kind right. of a thing, right? Um, but Ramza and Delita see this, and Delita just defeated, falls to his knees. Ramza is like, how? Could my brothers do that? Like yeah, yeah. they lied well, it to was, me. Who was it? Dystark? Who Dystark? was there? He's the so one. So Zalbag was there. Zalbag. Dystark was the one who promised that Teetra's like a sister to him. I do remember and he that. He would not do anything to harm her. But which one is the one that told Algus? Zalbag was Zalbag's the one who gave the, one? the order. Okay. And so both of his older brothers are yeah. just implicated in this murder of yeah. Teetra and Algus too. So all three, right? And it's just like. His world has fallen apart in front of him. Delita's world has fallen apart in front of him. The music cuts out like right when this happens. It's just a really shocking yeah, moment. Yeah, it just stops. And so then a knight comes up and tells Zelbag, Wygriff is about to show up with a bunch of uh, soldiers. Like, we need to go yeah. meet them in the field. So Zelbag's like, all right, sweet. So yeah, he so leaves. he leaves to go engage Wygriff and leaves the rest to Algus there at Fort Zeekton. And now we have some really, really good yeah. dialogue between Algus, Delita, and Ramza here. They, they're basically battling each other philosophically right, while right. they're battling each other on the field. Yeah. Um, Delita in particular just goes into a rage and just goes straight after Algus, and they're kind of like battling. And then, and then Ramza, he's doing whatever you tell him to do in the fight, I guess, but he's sort of like, trying to talk and trying to understand why on earth he would do something like yeah. this. Um, and Algus says something like, it's your fault that you were even here. If you're peasants, you should have been in the town selling yes, flowers. Yes, Or something like that, right? Yes. Where it's like, you, you're, you're meddling in the affairs. Like, what is it? If you, well, I don't know exactly what the saying would be here, but if you are in over your head, I guess. If yeah. you're meddling in affairs that are well above you, you're not likely to make it out. Yeah. And Algus is like, you, this is your fault. You guys stepped into the affairs of the rich people, mm -hmm. and so now you're going to die. And it's not my fault. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I really like a lot of the lines. I copied them down from the War of the Lions version. They're just very powerfully written to me. Why did you do it, Argoth? This is Ramsa speaking. What moved your hand? And, and Algus says, your lord brother's orders, Ramza, what else? Mm -hmm. Would you have us kneel before them and offer up the order's honor in exchange for the life of some common wench? So it's like, to him, the pride of the Northern Sky Knights mm -hmm. is more important. Right. Like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, um, what is it to say? We don't negotiate with terrorists. Yes, yes, <laughs> right? that, that's exactly it. Is, yeah. is basically the idea here. Yeah, we can't give in. Doesn't mean you shoot the, the hostage. You just shoot but, the hostage because we don't care. We're not going to deal with you at all. You don't negotiate. Right, right. Right. So it's like, it's not just, oh, we leave the hostage to your fate. It's like, we'll just kill her ourselves. I know. This yeah. is how little this matters to us. Yeah. You, you're all dead. 
that's more important to them, right, than the life of a commoner. And, and Ramza responds, she was Delita's sister. And Alga says, is it not time you awoke to the fact that we're different from them? They are of lesser birth and so meant to play lesser roles in life. Such is the nature of fate, Ramza. That commoner and his sister ought never to have been here at all. Had they, had they been mongering flowers on the street corner, she would yet live. So like you were saying, if yeah. they had just stuck to their own business and not tried to be a part of this life of, you know, honorable knights and like yes. heroes. Very honorable. Like, they would still be alive somewhere, yeah. right? Um, so Ramza later on tries to argue that his birth and station was not a choice that he made, right? Like, I didn't choose to be born this way. Right. And Algus's responses here are really interesting. Like, obviously, obviously he's a horrible human being. Oh. But he makes a couple of fine points here mm-hmm. that at least make the dialogue back and forth not just such a one-sided, like, oh, Algus, you're so horrible, you're so awful, like mm-hmm. everything you say is despicable. He, he says some things that, while being despicable, actually cast light on the thinking, like the problem, even that Ramza has having been privileged within that system. Right. And cast some, um, some of the, like, the blame for the situation on him, too, which I did really like. Well, and Delita, and, uh, Delita in turn, also says something along the lines of, Ramza, you're next. Yes. Right? Once I kill Algus, I'm going to kill you because right. I freaking hate everything right now. Yes. So, Algus's reply is, Much is there that cannot be done save by your hand. It falls to you to see it so, to act where we cannot. So, like, he's like, it, Stop being absurd. You're a Beolve. Like, you have so much responsibility. There's so many things that none of us can do that as a leader of knights and a leader of men like is, is in your hands to do. You have this greatness right. that you have your duty bound to accomplish because of your birth and nobody else in the society can do it other than you because that's the way it's structured. Right. Like you have to do it because you were born there, it's your fate. That's the yeah. thinking that is obviously needs to be totally reformed Yes. But in the current society as it stands, what he's saying is true. It's 100% true. And this actually reminds me, if it, can you imagine like the United States having a president who believes that, who is not willing to make a sacrifice of trading some people's lives for other people's lives, sure. right? Like every, almost every president goes to war in one way or another. Almost every president makes decisions that will lead some people to for sure die. Yeah. and others live, right? Yeah. And if you have somebody who isn't willing to make that sacrifice, then you have somebody who is not capable of leading in that system, yes. in that structure. Right. And you can you can relate it to, like, no matter which party you belong to, yeah. within the American or any other country's politics, your leaders likely <laughs> have sent people to die yes. in one way or another. Yes. And, but they would consider that, well, someone has to make this decision, right? Yes. Somebody. In a democracy, we vote for who does it. In this way, it's just if you're born, born right, you do it. it. Right. But somebody, it's, it's accepted that some, I don't know if this is true, but it's accepted that someone has to do it. Right. Quote, right. As long as this society, as 
terrible as it is, yeah. is structured in the way it is, then what Algus is saying about what Ramza's role in it mm-hmm. and how important it is, is true. It is true. But the, the, but and the point Ramza of the game is... And if doesn't make those decisions, he's neglected his social duty. Yeah. But the point yeah. of the game, as we're going to go along with it, is that society needs to be restructured. That society sucks. <laughs> that society has got to be changed. Go away. Go this away, is not that society. Right. Yes. Right? So, um, <clears throat> Ramza responds to that and says, I will not be made a puppet. And Algus says, you, a puppet? Don't be absurd. The puppets stand before you, Ramza. <laughs> uh, long have we danced for House Beov that it might reign on history's stage. A dance that serves our ends, to be sure. The Beov name is our shield, behind, behind whose aegis we've long thrived. It's the way of things. People are used to, or people are used and use others in turn. How do you think you came to be where you are? You are loath to be used, yet fain to use other, even your so-called friend Delita. And that's the part that sticks with Ramza, because it's like... Yeah. yeah. He's like, am I using That's That people? is like, what yeah. I'm doing, right? And D- Delita's response yes. in all of this being like, you know, you're next kind of a thing, yeah. right? Like solidifies this. He, yes. he does feel like he's been used. He's been used. By Ramza. And that, that, that the, what Algus said there, though, like the fact that the Bale of Name is a shield and it, it provides protection for other people who are, you know, putting themselves up for this great thing that is being created that, that has to make these tough decisions, right? But that it's a thing that other people belong in this too. If it just breaks, if the Bale of Name isn't a big name anymore, then a lot of people who feel attached to it or who've made their names around that you know, particular structure of the name, the Bale of People, the house, the knights, whatever it is, then those people all kind of lose their hope as yeah. well. And um, honestly, this would be similar, again, modern politics to like, if you're an American, it's the American military, right? They're the ones that protect the freedoms and all that stuff. There's some typical things that you would say, oh, this is, we, they're the shield that enable us to live our normal people sure. lives, right? But it's like, but don't tell me what that shield's doing. <laughs> don't tell me what the shield is doing. They're a shield, and they will do their thing, and it preserves me. But don't I don't want to know, to know what the, the difficult doing. parts, right? And that that's a social thing because a lot of people just can't bear to do it, and that's why these elitist people, uh, and they use the word elitist later on, at least in the PS One. Yeah. I think Delita does. Um, those people really feel that not only that they have a right to do it, but that they have the permission to do it by all of the other people. Mm-hmm. That those people don't want to know what we do. So that that's like a, a de facto permis- permission for them to do whatever they feel right. like they need to do. Right. Anyways, and then eventually that gets carried too far, and the people revolt. Yes. And they don't Once they find anymore. out. Yes. But then the new gr- the new group does almost the same thing. Anyways. <laughs> That's what always happens. So it's a history, cycle of history. Man. Yeah. But August has some very good points. But then we kill him. <laughs> well, I like Which, that. There's a couple more lines I thought here. he was going to run away first. Oh, I, I was like, escape. is he really dead? I don't know. We'll talk about that later because there's a difference between the original game and War of the Lions. Oh, really? That casts some doubt on that. Hmm. But we'll talk about it later. Because what I initially wrote 
is Algus is doing willing to do whatever it takes. My guess is he climbs the ranks because of this, because of willing to just kill people and do whatever yeah. he's told, no questions. Like, but he'll always be seen as no more than a useless dog who executes orders. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he died. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought he was going to become the next thing, you know? Yeah. Um, a couple more lines I really liked, though. Does it, this is from Algus. Yeah. Does it grieve you, Delita, to see the depths of your own weakness laid bare? No mere commoner can leave his mark on history. You've not the power. And I took a note here. Remember how Delita is precisely the hero history remembers from this conflict. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And had been that way yeah. in like the official history forever. Uh, from Al-Islam. Right. Yeah, yeah. And now, now the Durai papers are coming out where Ramza's role is being made clear in it. Yes. And in the official history, he was branded a heretic and he had no part in mm. all of this or whatever. But so I just clearly, love that line yeah. from Algus, like you as a mere commoner have no power to yeah. do anything to and leave you your mark on history. Ever affect. Yet he's the one yes. who is remembered. Who and Algus did. dies like a dog yes. in this Fort Zeekton battle. And nobody ever knows who <laughs> he is. nobody knows who That's he is. That's good. That's a good parallel. Freaking I like that. loved that. I like that a lot. Um, uh, he goes on to say, be glad you know enough to lament it. Tis all you can do and more than you deserve. And then Delita responds, is your forked tongue done flitting? What I'd hear from your lips are not words. And then Algus responds, laughter then? Be not so hasty, Delita, you'll hear that soon enough when you are on your way to meet your dear sister, or when you're on your way to your dear sister's side. And then Delita says, I'll not be told what I will do or when, not by you nor by any other. So Delita has decided at this point, he is done. No, being told what no to authority. Do. Yeah, he is going to pave his own way, and mm. he is going to make the mark on history. He's going to change this right. society, like he's going to make it happen, and he's going to he's going to throw down the nobility. He's mm -hmm. like, this is he's ready now to like take that next step as a hero of Ivalice, right? Um, Ramza tries to call down to him, Delita, you're hurt, and Delita says, "Speak not to me when Argath falls." My vengeance turns on you, Ramza. So he's ready to just kill everybody. Yep. Um, anyways, Algus dies. He's like, no, not at the hands of this milksop rabble. Right, in the War of the Lions version. I don't know, How dude. could you commoner people kill me? No. <laughs> His best chance at being known in history was that he was killed by Delita. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually. That's his best hope at being a footnote <laughs> in the in appendix. History, yeah. Delita killed him. Um... <laughs> Then as Delita goes to his sister on the bridge, right, the fort begins to explode as it was rigged and Gragoroth or whatever his name is was down there. Yeah, yeah. Off. He hardly seems to notice as he's just bending down there mourning her. Rams is trying to get him to come away, but he doesn't. The place yeah. explodes. They have a little bit of an extra scene added here where it shows like Rams is sort of walking away through the snow away from the battle, like mm, holding his side. Okay. And he says... I had lived my life the only way that I had known, but when the pillars of that life came crashing down, I did not stand and watch them fall. I turned and walked away. Yes. So a little bit of a cowardly... That, that same line is in the yeah. original, but it's, uh, it's against just a still Yeah, just a, a backdrop yeah. of a, on fire or something. Right. The, the fort on fire. So yeah, he didn't stand to watch because he couldn't bear it. Yeah. And he walked away from the situation and he went and joined a mercenary group. Because he had fought, he killed a bunch of Hokuten knights yeah. at that point. So he, 
he couldn't go back in and just become a knight now. Yeah. That life was over. So that ends chapter one, and we come back to the present day. So this whole chapter one was a flashback. Um, now we come back to the present day at the Orban Monastery, yeah. where Ramza had seen Delita. Do you have a note? I do. Okay. I have some more about Zeekton Fort okay. here. Um, just in general, the way that uh, this game, the way that um, Matsuno kind of shows the transition of who we think is the bad guy to who sort of becomes the bad guy by the yes. end of chapter one um, is really well done, but it's really subtle and it's really slow. Yeah. Right. So at the very beginning of the game, you en- you encounter a bunch of thieves. Right. They're pretty basic thieves. Yeah. Right. You you go kill the, them the and you don't feel bad. <laughs> they they're bad. They steal. They hate you. They want to fight you first, and then you go fight them and you win. Right. You're it's defending like defending the realm against brigands exactly. and rogues. And you really feel that way. Yeah. As the game slowly progresses through chapter one, you start to encounter a few of the thieves in whether it's in cutscenes before you show up where they're talking to each other, oh, right. or whether it's in them talking to you and telling you. Um, you slowly start to see little glimpses of it's life isn't fair, this isn't right, you mm-hmm. know? And you don't know whether to believe them or not. Right. Basically, you're just like, yeah, whatever. All, all thieves say they're innocent when they're in prison or whatever. All, all prison inmates say they're innocent, something like that. So it's like, okay, fine. They think that they're doing the right thing, but they're stealing, so they're bad. Um, but then you keep fighting. You keep finding more and more of these people, and you slowly get introduced to, like, Wygraf and, and his uh, wife Midori. What, Midori? Midora? What was her name? Uh, his sister, Miluda. Sorry. My sister, Miluda, that's yeah. it. And Miluda and others, as you slowly start to learn more and more and more about what this group is doing and how they're rebels and what they're rebelling against and yeah. where they came from, you everything slowly starts to turn. But this is the moment where it all becomes clear, basically. Yeah. Where it's like, this, it's over, you know? Because you wouldn't know. I mean, you, I, you would expect, based on the dialogue, that there was some foreshadowing that like, oh, Delita's sister's going to die. Mm-hmm. That was pretty clear early on. But you didn't know. You yeah. could still have hope that maybe at least one of the brothers of Ramza was like going to be good and was going to be upstanding. Uh, but it didn't happen. But this is a very good storytelling technique to have the subtle change. Yeah. Instead of an immediate or one single moment, um, it was very subtle up until this point where, where the, the arrow kind of flips the other way. Yeah. Right? The nobles are the real villains. The, the, exactly. Not the, the thieves and rogues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, and also... Well, no, this was just general. August says that everyone uses everyone else. They all yeah. use each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a very unemotional way of looking at things, right? So it seems yeah. like he has a complex or some type yeah. of sociopathy or something where he, right. he doesn't feel attachment to people. He just sees people as objects or tools yes. to be used. And it's just like that's just the way it works. That's the yes. way that the society is structured. It's not right. like he was probably August to think is that. evil in the sort of like typical sense like he was born evil like he's like like he's no. malicious necessarily in it he was raised to as think much this. as he's just been raised yeah. to think this way but even the nobles he sees as tools and stepping ladders yeah. I, I feel like it's a complex it's a it's a I mean, weird it's, it's an awful awful i guess compass of morality to have mm. but it's like one that he inherited not one that he like yes. developed yeah, yeah. necessarily with without the you know the terrible influences of the outside. It's not like he was just inherently that way. He, he yeah. developed this way. And he does have this cold sort of like way of talking about it. That's just like, that, that really 
kind of strikes me almost like um, uh, the line in Xenogears, this is reality, let's go, right? Yes, it's like, sure, this sure. is just how it is. Like, stop fighting against it's reality. It's fate. Yeah. Now, that's not the truth, but it feels like the truth to those stuck right. in the system mm-hmm. who can't do anything to change it, which he is one of. Yes. Algus can't do anything that's to change true. this. Ramza could. Dysodar could. Larg. The, the, the king could. Yeah. These people have the power to change things, but why would they be motivated to do that? It serves right. them. Right. The people with the power to change it are the ones that have no motivation to change it. Algus can't change anything, so he accepts it as it is. Mm. Delita doesn't accept it as it is. And Ramza doesn't accept it as it is. And what they're going to be doing for yeah. the rest of the game is working to throw this down and totally rebuild it again. If Algus had simply lost his noble heritage, yeah. he, he would have fallen in line with Delita immediately. Exactly. Immediately. Exactly. He would have agreed with Delita and said, yeah, let's change it because everything's a tool for him and he's, he's motivated yeah. to become something. Right? Yeah. But. So anyways, that ends chapter one. Yeah. As the opening act of the story, this was all about setting up all these things we're talking about. How mm. broken the system is, how um, conniving and self-serving and evil the nobility has become, yeah. how power-hungry and corrupt they are, the fact that everyone who suffers from these choices they make to go to war for 50 years mm-hmm. are not the nobility. They don't right. suffer any of the consequences of nope, that. They never it's do. just the, the people who do. And um, this needs to be totally, totally reworked. It needs to be destroyed from the foundation and rebuilt again as something different. And um, I like that they frame that theme of the first act through the friendship of Ramza and Delita. Yeah. And see the conflict coming between two friends on opposite sides. They, of they grew up together, but they can't really understand each other. Yes. Yeah. And they, they can't really walk the same path. Right because of their birth and station. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna try to approach fixing this from very different yeah. uh, angles. Now chapter two. Chapter two is titled The Manipulator and the Subservient. Yes. Which is another way of saying the master and his emissary. Yes. <laughs> like the, there's that book, I mentioned it on one of our Patreon podcasts, but yeah. the book which is essentially, the book is by Ian McGilchrist, but it's essentially a reference to the master and then the emissary who thinks that he can usurp and become the master too, Mm. but is ultimately not at that level. Yes. Anyways, it's great. So this chapter expands on some of those themes brought up in the first chapter, but really starts to bring in the role of the Church of Glabados into this. Yes, a lot, Um, a lot. And the, the... legend of the Zodiac Braves and the Arasite, the 12 Arasite, which are aligned with each of the Zodiac signs, the 12 stones mm-hmm. that were used by the Zodiac Braves and the attempt of the Church of Glabados to um, use even the nobility who are now vying for the crown for them to take power over yes. Ivalice. It's like a third faction is now introduced. Yeah, it's almost like um, as the nobles lose their power, the church will gain in yes. its power, right? Because exactly. everyone's looking for something to be involved in and associated with. 
Right. And, and the church gives people a separate from the state way to be a part of a thing that also has like great, great influence. Exactly. We come back to the, the monastery. Yeah. yeah, all of and chapter one was a flashback. Yeah, come back to the monastery here. And Agrius is, of course, going to be pursuing Princess Ovelia. Mm. She's honor-bound to defend her. Um, Gafgarian says something like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. That's not part of the contract. Yeah, order. I don't get like, paid for that. I wouldn't ask for you to come even if you offered to. Like, I don't want you yeah. around. <laughs> go away. I don't like you. Yeah. And But Ramza is adamant. Like, please let me go. Yes. Because he wants to find out what happened to Delita. And Gafgarian knows this, right? Because yeah. Gafgarian's like, wait. Did you know that boy? And we won't say who it was. Yeah. But Gafgarian's like, all right, I'm coming to you. <laughs> yeah. Gafgarian, as we'll learn here in a minute, the whole time was hired by Dystard yeah. to yeah. kill Ovelia. Yes. So he's coming along for that reason. Right. But he's feigning as if he's interested in seeing it through for Ramza kind of a thing, right? I actually really like his character. <laughs> he's a good character. <laughs> he's a Gafgarian's great character. a pretty beastly character. Yeah. As yeah, a villain. He's a great villain. Yes, right? yes. Um... So the next battle is in Dorter, and at the beginning of it, there's a thief who's making a deal with a clergyman. So they're starting um, to introduce the church. They of call Clavidos. him a knight. In oh, PS1, knight. he's just said knight. Well, oh. We find out who he is later. Maybe but he is a knight. I, I can't remember. He's got a purple cape. and he's, If he's got capes, then they're knights, uh, yeah, is basically I'd, I'd the, the deal. I'm pretty sure he's a knight, <laughs> yes. But in any case, he's, he's doing a deal. So this is Fulmarv the, from the Church of Glabidos, hiring... A cell sword to kill us as we're approaching. Yeah, and he offers. And we don't know who he is though, and we don't know why he's doing it. Yeah, this is the strangest thing. Because I wrote this strange. We're simply following Delita, who you would assume was more or less acting alone in in yeah. this, to, stealing the princess and doing all that. But we we come upon an ambush, which means he's working with other people. Yes. But then when we see him later on, he's alone again. So it's yes. it's really. Strange circumstance, and Gafgarion and some other people bring this up a little bit later on, saying, "Why were we ambushed in Dorter? Like this makes no sense. Who were yeah. these people?" Right? right. So, anyways, that's just a little mystery here that we figure out later. So he um, he's trying to hire them for five hundred a head <laughs> to do the job. He's like, "Nope, yeah. two thousand. And he's like, "That's absurd." I will give you seven hundred or whatever, yeah. like maximum, and that's like the last I can do. He's like, or or it. I'm going to turn you into a heretic or something like that. Right? right. He's like, actually, I'll go rat you out. There's actually some really, there's some again, some really good dialogue in um, the War Lions version. So he's like, no, like that's too low or whatever. And he yeah. says, mayhap you forget the ease with which men are branded heretics. Exactly. So he's, exactly. He's threatening him. You know, I'll go seven hundred and no higher. And uh, the, the yeah. guy takes the deal. 700, yep. But doesn't realize that Sarah Gefgarian is mm. in the party. So they haven't yeah. given us a lot of background on Gefgarian at this point. And up at least through the end of this chapter, I don't know if they ever really reveal who he was in the 50-year mm. war or whatever. But as soon as he sees Gafgarian, he's just like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. Gafgarian's with them? They, we, there's no way this yes. is worth 700. <laughs> I know, he's like, I should have charged more. So let me pull yeah. up uh, just a little bit of background on Gafgarian. Because we've, we've talked about the North and Southern Sky Knights. Uh, we talked about North. Oh, we mentioned Southern, yeah. But we have not we haven't seen them yet, talked no. about the Eastern Sky Knights uh, yet in the story. Um, I'm just going to read this first part to avoid spoilers. Gafgarian was a division commander 
of the order of the eastern sky, but was expelled for the barbarism he employed to ensure victory at the end of the Fifty Years' War. So he was one of the knights, as it said, summarily dismissed because he yeah. was dishonorable in his barbarism as one of the leaders of the Eastern Sky Knights. Okay. So he used to be a knight, and that's why Agrius and this thief are referring to him as by his title, Ser, S-E-R, uh, yes, in the okay. War of the Lions. I think region. they just say Sir. Yeah, because yeah. he was a knight at yeah. one time, hmm. and he was a very powerful knight. He's a very renowned knight. Right. And now he's a mercenary because he was discharged or discharged. dismissed. Not because he necessarily did anything wrong, but just because people found out about it. Yes, exactly right. So that's how this stuff works. So they're freaking scared that Gafgarian's there. And it doesn't turn out well for them. They all get killed by <laughs> they us. They all die. And um, <clears throat> it's funny that I would assume they know who Gafgarian is because, at least in part, they're mercenaries. Gafgarian's a mercenary. Yeah. They probably role in similar circles, yeah. kind of like, um, what, in Mass Effect, the, 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 the big guy, Rex? Oh, Rex, yeah. How he's a, you know, he's a for hire, just like, and mm. they kind of know each other, and he, one day they'll get hired to kill each other, and they're like, whatever, it's life, yep. you know? That's just the that's way it is. It, that's, that's the system. It that's the it, way it's designed. It's fate, right? <laughs> yes. All the Algus arguments. Um, at the end of the battle, uh, Agrius eventually says that Ovelius capture, captors must have gone to Fort Besalat. So you start heading in that direction. Yeah. Um, there's one battle in between where it's, it, it's a battle in the woods against some monsters. It's totally mm -hmm. non-consequential to the story. You can rescue a chocobo in this battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The chocobo is named Boko, which is um, Bart's chocobo from Final Fantasy V. It's a callback oh, to that. Nice. So anyways, you can recruit that chocobo into your party. He's a character you can recruit. There are a number of characters you can recruit in this game that are references to older Final Fantasy games. Um, um, and I think what chocobos do is in battle you can hop onto it and ride it mm. and it extends your movement yeah. for that character. So instead of it being four or five tiles, it'll go up to like seven or eight tiles or something like that. The chocobo gives you extended range. Um, so anyways, that's all that battle is. The next one is at and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. Zierkel Falls. Zierkel Falls. Something like that. Sure. Delita is caught Zierkel on a bridge Falls. surrounded on either side by knights who have come for the princess. And I really love an, one of the opening lines from Delita because the knights try to say, no blood needs to be spilled. Hand over the princess and no one will die. Right? Like, just... Yeah. Just hand her over. And Delita's line is, do you so enjoy the taste of lies? <laughs> I really, really <laughs> like good. that line. Well, you know like, what's funny? I, I took note. <laughs> I took note of that same one here. Yeah. What does he say in the PS1 version? Did you oh, copy the quote or just did you? I don't think I copied the quote. Okay. Um, I just said, hi, I love how the next scene we see of Delita is the Hokuten. So the last thing we saw of Delita was yeah. his the Hokuten killing his sister, right? Yes. That was the last time we had seen him, really. Yeah. Now, the first time we see him again, it's the Hokuten telling him they'll spare his life if he only gives them the princess, right? Yeah. He doesn't believe them at all. In fact, it probably reminds him of his sister and makes him even more upset. I think that's very realistic because the same people who just broke their promise and now they're making you some other promise that they won't kill you yeah. after they killed your sister yeah. based on after the same type of promise it's like mocking it's just laughing at him you exactly. can tell where his mind is at where it's like that does nothing for me 
Yeah. You, you don't promise me that I'll, I know you're going to kill me. Don't even say, like, let's go to the next stage in the deal, right? Because that's yeah. not happening. Right. So he says, do you... By the so way, the Japanese is zeirekire. Zeirekire. So this zeirekire. would be zi, zi, or yeah, zi, so zeirekile falls. Zeirekile falls. Zeirekile falls. So it's zeirekile. Zeirekile. Falls. That's such a hard word to pronounce. That's difficult. Anyways, yes. Delita says, do you so enjoy the taste of lies? Your orders are to see the princess dead. And once I've watched you feed the false her blood, I'm to believe you'd let me live a witness to your crime? Right. So Delita's not having it, right? No. Um, he also knows, now you, you brought up the fact that they're Hakuten knights, but yeah. in the first battle in Orborn Monastery, Agrius identified them as Southern Sky Knights. She identified them as Gotana's Oh, men. that's right, that's right. Wait. So this, this is where, this, this was kind of yeah, yeah. confusing for me. And I don't think either script does the best job at explaining this. Yeah. But the War of the Lions is a little bit better. Well, I'm sure. So we'll rely on I that. But it's still a little hard to like get a beat on what Delita is saying when he reveals what's actually happening here. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we arrive. Gafgarian uh, is told by the knights. Yeah. Enough, kill these people. And, he, and you, it's, re, it's revealed no, that he was in the higher of Dystarg the whole time. Yes, the whole time he was, that's who's paying him the most money. Right. right? And, and, so and he's got all these little mercenary jobs, but the big money is coming from there. Directly right? from Dystarg. Because it's one like thing, yeah. his, his mercenary group or whatever was hired by the Hokuten or the Northern Sky Knights. Mm -hmm. Then Southern Sky Knights appear. Mm -hmm. and say, hand her over to us, as if Goltana is coming to kidnap the princess, right? Mm -hmm. So both sides are making a show of, of their attempts to preserve the princess while the other side is trying to kill the princess. Yes, they're both saying that. So what, okay, I'm just going to describe what actually happened here. Those Southern Sky Knights are not Southern Sky Knights. I didn't think They're so. They're Northern Sky Knights disguised as Southern Sky Knights. I didn't know they were that, though. That's to interesting. To kill Ovelia and blame it on Goltana. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, so okay. So this is how it is revealed. Huh. Gafgarian steps forward and says, The princess is an obstacle to the throne. So long as she lives, the threat remains that someone could assert her claim above Prince Orinus's. Two heirs are one too many. Now, the reason that Ovelia has a claim to the throne at mm. all is because she is King Ondoria III, the dead king. She is his half-sister. She was um, King uh, Denamda IV's last daughter, very young. Big age difference between Ondoria, who was like 35 when he died, and Ovelia at this time, who was like 15. So there's a big age difference between yeah. them. Now, King Andoria's first two sons were assassinated by the Council of Elders secretly. It was said that they died of malady, but they were actually poisoned. Right. Yeah, this is revealed a little yeah. bit later yeah. by the Cardinal and um, Fulmarv to Princess Fulmarv. Ovelia when they talked to her in the dungeon yeah. later. We'll get to that scene in a minute. But they were assassinated. Okay. And this is because they did not want Queen Loveria to continue to have power. They w wanted her ousted. Um, 
So what, what happened is because Andoria was on death's doorstep, in order to name a successor, he took his half-sister and adopted her as his own daughter. So Ovelia was adopted as Andoria's daughter oh. and given the uh, heir, uh, or adopted as the heir to the throne. So she would be the next heir. But then the oh. queen, Loveria, had another son, Orinus. And then o Oveli right. was sent away to the to monasteries. The monastery. Yes, yes. And Orinus became the heir and ruined all the plans. And there's questions about who the actual sire of that son is because Andoria yes. was so ill. Right. But that's all talked about later. So that's the backdrop here, right? And so... Dice Darg and Larg's plan is to pin the assassination of Ovelia, who is who does have a claim to the throne. They want her taken out because they support Orinus. Larg right. supports Orinus. Yes. Orinus is his sister's son. But Ovelia has a legitimate claim. So they want her dead, but they can't just assassinate her. That would make them look bad. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to pin her assassination on, on Goltana instead. Okay. So they sent knights of the northern sky to kill her in the guise of southern knights. In the PS1 version of this, Delita says, Since you're going to die, I'll let you help me. If the princess is kidnapped and killed by Goltana, they'll be rid of her and his rivals. I'm sure that's how Prince Larg wrote the scenario. No, Dice Dark probably wrote it. That's Don't you from Delita, not from the princess. Yes, Delita is saying okay, this. Okay, yes. And it's confusing who he's talking to. It's like, is he talking to Ram? He's obviously I talking to Ramza like by the end of it. But, okay, so here's, here's the part. Here's the version in War of the Lions. The, it's, it's clear by the end of the statement he's talking to Ramza, but at the beginning of it, it seems like maybe he's talking to Gafgarian or one of the knights or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're getting halfway through this line, and then by the end of it, it's like, oh, wait. Yes. It was hard to piece together what he's saying. In the War of the Lions version, he says, If her death is certain, then let it least not be in vain. Kill her if you must, but let it be held. She was taken by Goltana's men. Do that in the stroke that fells a problem, princess, at once brings down a rival This lion. is where it was. Okay, this is where you got that. Okay. Uh, Interesting. That Interesting. was no doubt Larg's plan all along, or yeah. was it his? Such a plot has more the feel of Dice Darg's thinking. Would you not agree, Ramza? So, so it does seem similar. like he's really talking to, um, to Gafgarian the whole time. He just brings Ramza in at the end when yes. he's like, or maybe your maybe your brother, huh? Help me out here. Like, which one right. of your brothers do you think right, did exactly. this? Help me in my discussion with Gafgarian. But what he's doing here is he's describing the thought process the plan, yeah. of Larg and Dice Darg. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's 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 hard to read because that's that not revealed difficult. until like three sentences difficult. into the paragraph. Yeah. What he's doing is explaining a rationale. He's not explaining yeah. his own thoughts. Yes. He's explaining Larg and Dice Darg's thoughts. So if you look at it in that context. It's as if Larg or Dice Darg is saying, is saying if that her whole, death is certain, yeah. then at least let it not be in vain. Yeah. So they're saying Ovelia has to die, mm -hmm. but if she's going to die, let's at least take out a rival in, in two birds with one stone yeah. kind of a deal. Yep. Right? So let's at least not let Ovelia's death be in vain if she has to die because we support Orinus. Kill her if you must, 
but let it be held she was taken by Goltana's men. Do that, and the stroke that fells a problem princess at once brings down a rival lion, Goltana. Right? That was no yeah. doubt Larg's plan all along, or was it his? Such a plot has more the feel of Dice Darg's thinking. Would you not agree, Ramza? So he's yeah. explaining the plan. Yeah. I didn't get that at first. It's because yeah. it's not that well written, but, to be but honest. But good. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, so that's where you got that, and that makes perfect sense. That makes yes. perfect sense. So, because it also seemed possibly a little bit that um, that Delita was with those Knights of the Southern Sky when he, they he, he was he was riding yeah, with but them. But he breaks off and goes he somewhere breaks else off because he knows the plan and he's mm-hmm. going to subvert it. He, right. He screwed up the plan. Which is why Gafgarian is confused when he goes back and talks to Dice Dark. He's like, that guy you hired to abduct the princess, he like bungled it. Who is this person? Like, yeah. he completely like went rogue on this. Right. And Dice Dark explains, my men were found dead. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. So Delita killed all of them? Delita inserted <laughs> himself into this plan and, uh, and subverted the plan. Mm-hmm. On whose orders, we don't know quite yet until the end of well, the chapter. Well, we find that out later. But that is one of the things that I'm looking at here. Is that, now, I, I, I don't know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that scene. We'll yes. get to that scene. Okay, so Gafgarian responds to this. That one has the right of it, Ramza. Come, let us earn our pay, right? Well, yep, he's right. Die Stark's the one who set this up. <laughs> so let's go. Let's, let's earn who our pay. Who says that? Gafgarian? Gafgarian says that. Okay. So my favorite thing ever in this game so far is when the knight, one of the Hokuten knights, tells Gafgarian, says, kill them all. And uh, Gafgarian says, I don't know what's going on, but it's in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, it's very different between the two versions there. Oh, is it? Because okay. he, he says, I don't know what's going on in PS1, but he does know what's going on because he's been hired specifically by Dice Dark to do this. Oh, okay. So he should know exactly what's going on. Well, okay. So this is quite <laughs> different. But I love the, the, the twist on Gafgarion that they give him here because you, you think you know him pretty well because it's like, oh, he'll do whatever for money, right? Yeah. So that makes him an immoral person, right? Yes. Because he'll do anything for money. Yes. But as this, as chapter two progresses... I really start to like him a lot because he is very much, um, he's very much in like a moral position relative to everybody else. And yeah. you see it especially when he talks to, I think it's Dystar later, later on. Yeah. Um, but here it's great because he'll do whatever for money. But then, um, oh yeah, Agria says the kidnapping is a sham. What did it say in... Yeah, because it's a sham because what they really wanted was to kill her, not to yeah. kidnap her. Right? It's like, oh, so this was a farce because she doesn't understand what's happening. Because that line might give more information also. Gafgarian, that one has the right of it, Ramza. Come, let us earn our pay. Ramza, oh, I like this line. No, not again. I will not watch as sacrifices are made of the weak and innocent. She will not be another Titra. Yes. So he's saying, yeah. Ovelia will not be, and I like that you We're brought that up her. at the beginning. Uh, Delita not trusting the knights, remembering back to Fort Zeekton, right. what happened to his sister. Ramza it's as like well. they're about to do that to Avelia. Yeah. He's not going to let them do that. Ramza's not going to let them do that to another, they, yeah. another teacher. Right? They I both like learned their lesson. I think it's up, though. Um, oh, here we go. It was yeah. a ruse. So Gafgarian. Okay. Oh, so Agrius. Oh, okay. The knight says, hmm, it seems we're no longer alone. Gafgarian killed them all. Gafgarian says, a change of plans, but a contract is a contract after all. That's less funny. 
Yeah, because like I don't know what's going on is funnier. It's funnier. But here, it but it's more, not. It spoke more to his moral it's character. Not accurate to his knowledge of the situation, because <laughs> he yeah. he knows what's happening. He's directly in contact with Dystar. So a change okay. of plans, right? Like it's going differently than the plan. But a contract is a contract after all. And then Agri says, you would betray us now? And he says, betray you? You have a viper's tongue, milady. I betray no one. I am in the order's employ. They, meaning the knights here, are of that order, right? My right. task was to see the princess safely abducted and theirs is to see the one responsible silenced. And she says, you mean to say the kidnapping was a ruse? And Gafgarian says, the princess is an obstacle to the throne. Yeah. And we already read that part. So um, I was wondering if this, the kidnapping is a sham line, gave more direct info as to how this was all a setup, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me see. So then there, oh, are we going to, what do you got next? So we just, after the battle was over, right? Okay. Well, during the battle, you fight Gafgarian. there's a great exchange between Gafgarian and Delita that I think is really revealing. Yeah. So at first it's funny because Gafgarian's like, Nobody would do this without getting paid. So he's basically saying, Delita, who's paying you oh, right. to do this? Right. right. And Delita's like, nobody. I'm just working alone. And Gafgarian's like, yeah, freaking right. Nobody does this stuff without getting paid. Who's paying you? And it starts out funny because it's like, Gafgarian, you always think everyone's getting paid. But he starts to make some really good points. Like, you're yeah. going to great lengths. There's weird stuff going on. Someone's behind you. Yeah. And he finally gets Delita. And Gafgarian says, hey, I'm looking to get money, but someone's in my way. Who is it? It's mm. not just you. And so he says, who's in my way? And Delita says, I won't tell you. Yep. And so that's almost basically an admission. Yep. So it starts out as Gafgarian being silly, and it turns into he's got a really good point. Who? Yeah. Why would Delita, you know, why, why is any of this happening? What's the real reason? And Delita's not alone here. And he, he more or less admits that. Like, yep. I'm not alone. Yep, that's true. So Gafgarian can get to the heart of the issue. Right. And then... Um, I like this too, the princess, this is at the very end, but the princess asks Delita, are you an ally or an enemy? Yeah. And Delita says, I'm a human. <laughs> I'm a person, yeah. right? Meaning right. that like, you can't trust anybody. Right. I'm just a person. I don't know, yeah. take that for what you will. He has a very jaded and cold sort of like temperament with her throughout the game. Yeah. It's like, he's not trying to coddle her or like be sympathetic to her feelings. No, but there is that one, there's one scene. I can't remember if it's chapter three or not. Maybe it's in chapter three. It, it, th this it relationship develops three. over the okay, course of yes, the game. Yes. But here in the chapter two part chapter of it, two. like he, he is so, and there's an, an entire yeah. added scene in the War of the Lions that you don't have oh, yeah. in um, the original. There's actually a couple of them, but there's one in particular that at I'm the waterfall. over. At the waterfall, yeah. Well, after you, they come back to this waterfall. Oh, later. So there's this one. Oh, interesting. But then, like, they're leaving from Lionel Castle mm -hmm. when uh, Delita goes to Zeke Den, or yeah. not Zeke Den, uh, to Zeltenia, to where uh, Goltana is, right? Yeah. And that whole scene happens. He takes the princess with her. There's a scene while they're traveling on the way, a new battle where Delita mm. is actually playable in that battle, and you defend Ovelia from some northern sky knights that come to assassinate her. Mm. And they have some conversations there. I'll go over that in a minute. But Sweet. Um, at the end of the battle, Delita and Ramza, this is another scene that is like a redone scene in the, the hand-drawn yeah. cutscene uh, style from the War of the Lions version. Some really cool like wide shots of the bridge. You know, with I, those, have, I have with seen... With those um, uh, long focal lengths. Yeah. You know, 
just like a really cool looking shot of them standing on the bridge facing each other with the water just like plunging down behind them. Yeah, it's sweet. I love those shots. Um, so anyways, they're, they're, they're there talking and uh, they're debating who should be taking the princess now. Right, and Delita's at first, he's really adamant. He's yeah. like, I'm taking the princess. Right. Like, you can't protect her, I yeah. can. And they try to ask him why he says that. He's like, I'm not telling you anything. I know, I can't he's, tell so you. Cr- he's too cryptic. He, he, can't, he can't inform them who he's working for or what he's actually trying to do, which, you know, as, as a storytelling element, it's like, oh, can we trust Delita? Like, what, mm-hmm. what's, what's his real end goal here, right? Um, but Delita's like, if you take her, like, where are you going to go? Yeah, like, what are you going to do? You've, How are you going to keep her safe? You've fought the Northern Sky Knights now, mm-hmm. and they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you. You think you can go to Gultana? Like, he will assassinate you just to clear himself of yeah. being implicated in all of this stuff, yeah. right? Like, you, you can't go anywhere. Only I can keep her safe, kind of a thing. And, of course, Agrius isn't going to have that. She's not going to let the princess out of her sight. Oh, no, not at all. And he very wisely realizes that. (laughs) He doesn't, like, kill us over it, you know? Right. Um, But here's, there's a difference in the text, because Ramza here is interested in knowing how Delita survived. He's like, Delita, like, how did you get out of there, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. And Delita says that, in the PS1 version, he says that Tata saved him. And that, to me, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Did she, like, was she, like, barely alive still? And she pushed him off the bridge I thought that too. to escape yeah. the explosion I was like, oh, maybe her body got in the way of some shrapnel. <laughs> like, or, or, yeah, maybe she was on top of his yeah. body and, like, she got stuck with the pieces. Like, what does that mean? But in The War of the Lions, it's much clearer. She says it was Tetra. She watched over me then as she does now. So just her... Her spirit. Spirit yeah. has watched over me all this time. Right. Right. Um... So that's much clearer in the new translation. But at the end of this, he, he says, fine, I'll leave her with you for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he leaves. And then Ovelia gives the suggestion of going to Cardinal De La Croix or De La Croix. I don't oh. know how this is, if this is, a, this is a French, it looks French to me. Well, PS1 the way they wrote it there is quite different. Um, it's um, Draclau. Draclau was his name. Yeah. yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> but anyways, it's I could different. find it in the Japanese though. De la, de la, de la croix. I mean, I don't know. I haven't studied French. Would, would this be? Would this turn into croix? De la croix. <laughs> yeah, de la croix. De, de la croix. That's what I thought. Yeah. So Cardinal de la croix in Lionel, which is um, one of the provinces of Ivalice. Mm. So they're like, let's go there. That's like the, the Church of Glabados has a strong foothold. Yeah. Everybody in this world is a member of the Church of Glabados. Right, the but that's religion. kind of like their yeah, big it's, place, it's, right? It's like, uh, yeah. I mean, the Cardinal is like the second in in line of uh, hierarchy in the church. Right, right below the, yeah. the, top, so, the top people. They go there for help. Okay, but first um, I have some more things. Yes. Because I like to talk about Gafgarian because oh, he's yes. so good. <laughs> there was another line um, during the battle that clues us in a little bit more to his morality. Yeah. So, um, in Gafgarian has an exchange with Agrius that's really good. He says, you get in the way, you get killed. Same goes for royalty, basically. Because yeah. they're saying, you would kill the princess, oh, she's right. royalty. Right. And Gafgarian's like, hey, I do this for the money, and I don't care about your class disputes, right? If yeah. somebody royal is in the way, I kill them. Yeah. And if somebody, or if they're in the contract, I kill them, right? 
So in a way, Gefgarian actually lives a more principled life <laughs> than someone like Algus, for he's example. He's at least not hypocritical. Exactly. Right? So he treats everyone the same, though yeah. he's clearly not in the right. In fact, he implies that pledging blind loyalty is the real problem, because he says that to mm. Agrius. He says, your blind loyalty to your masters, that's the real issue here. I'll kill all. No, I don't discriminate when it comes to money, right? Yeah. You give me money, I'll kill whoever. You will only serve those masters who tell you what to do, right? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, people like knights are the real problem as far as Gafgarian goes. So by working for money, he puts his moral system in a different place. His philosophy actually reminds me a little bit of Squid Game yeah. and the general idea for that where it's like class doesn't matter, everyone's the same kind of thing. And that's more or less how he sees, and it's horrible, Yes. Like in Squid Game, or everyone just dies. But, um, but at least more consistent, maybe. But it's consistent, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a principled moral stance. And this is where I start really liking Gafgarian, and then later on we see that his moral stance is actually, it's very solid. <laughs> he, he reminds me a lot of um, Anton Segur from No Country for oh, Old Men, sure, yeah. where he's got some screwy moral code that's different from everyone else's, but he sticks to it, yeah. and it's his moral code, and yeah. he will enforce it and do whatever he needs to. Never deviates. There's another line, and I don't know how different this is in The War of the Lions, but while they're on the bridge, Delita says, and this is great because I didn't have, I added this in in my notes just now after you said what uh, Algus had said. Right. Algus said, oh, you, Ramza, are neglecting your, your responsibility. You are supposed to do what they can't do. Right. Meaning they, meaning the normal commoners. And you can do it. Well, Delita shows up here on the bridge and we say, Ramza, what are you going to go do? Like, what's your plan? What are you doing? Or what would you do, I think. Yeah. And Delita says, I'll do what you can't. That's what he yes, says. It's the same yes, thing. That's good says, point. I do what you can't. That's an awesome line. It's packed with meaning and mystery and hope and fear. Yeah. It's, it's packed. There is so yeah. much in just that one line. I'll do what you can't. And not only is it a reference to what um, Algus was saying, but it's, it's a, you don't know, like as Delita is taking things into his own hands, you don't know what he's capable of, right? Right. Because he's not a royal, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's less bound. He actually can do more. And yeah. he's, Delita himself is realizing this, and that's why he's in this situation. He can actually do more than someone like Ramza, who yep. is bound by this nobility and this strict yep. code, yep. right? And he actually is more free, but it, that's where the fear comes from. It's he's, like he's, there's hope in that line, but there's also fear. There's like so much potential everything it can, it just makes your mind go in all sorts of different places yeah. that's a beautifully written line he's transcended the system he has he he's has broken out of it and he now can operate outside of its balance. now he literally can do <laughs> whatever he whatever wants he do. wants to do as yeah. long as it's within some realm and of he, reality he, he refers to this a little bit when you see him later at that port city after uh, the yes, machine you see him briefly or whatever yep yep so we'll get into that too but that's a very good point very good and then um yeah, in the end, the princess actually thanks Delita. Yeah. So she's like, "Thank you," and he saving me, he yeah. just he doesn't really say he doesn't really respond to her much. He's just like, "I'm, what I'm doing is not worthy of thanks. You don't know <laughs> what I'm up to, but yeah. whatever. Things are how they are, right?" So Delita leaves the princess in our care. I don't know exactly why, but I think he didn't really have a choice, and he didn't want to risk yeah. fighting. You have there. to fight Agrius and. And, and us and everybody in the party by himself is probably not going to it, it survive work. that fight. But Gafgarian didn't die. He like teleports out. So. Yeah, he he, he flees. Yeah. Um, okay, everything good yep. for that. Okay, We're so, on to Zaland Fort City. Yep, the castled city of Zaland. Um, this is where we're introduced in the Stadio. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a whole new plot thread that comes in here with the Ara site or the 
the Zodiac Bravestones. Yeah. Um, which is pretty interesting. This is the, the crystal motif, which is common across Final Fantasy, yes, games, but yes. the, the, the tactics version of it, right? Um, so he's cornered by a bunch of uh, warriors. Um, they're asking for the Arasite, the stone that right, he carries. Stone. He denies that he has any stone. They say, well, we have your father, and uh, you better mm -hmm. hand it over or else something bad will happen to him. And then he jumps up onto the wall. I have a message for your keeper, Ludovic. Tell him that if he lays so much as a finger on my father, he'll never see the Arasite again. So he knows that he knows that they know that he has it. <laughs> yeah. But he's not giving it up. No. And we happen to come across this uh, dispute as it's happening. Yeah. And help him. We battle. The, the, we do. But you know, you notice at the beginning of that they give you a choice where it's like, oh yeah, oh my gosh, should we get involved? And then the one, it even numbers it one, number one, and number yeah. two. Yep. Get involved or, or um, well, I don't want to be involved is what it says. Uh -oh. But did you know? If you select, I don't want to be involved, he says something like, I don't want to be involved, but we have to do something. And you fight anyways. <laughs> they give you the choice. This is such a trope of JRPGs. it doesn't make a difference. Th this is such a trope of JRPGs and what yeah. separates it so much from the Western style. They, they give you the illusion yes. that you can role play yeah, yeah. in this very tiny little way once in a while. And even yes. then, you don't, it just doesn't you, you're matter. not role playing at all. You think it matters, but it <laughs> it's just It's not doesn't. really a role playing game. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's funny. H.C. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bailey refers to that trope as the but thou must trope, oh, yeah. which comes from the original Dragon Quest where oh, yeah. um, it's like, oh, will you please like save the princess or you whatever? Say no. And you're like, no. It's a, but thou must. But thou must. No. But thou must. Oh man. <laughs> over and it's over. Just again. a loop forever. Right. It, you can't. You cannot deny the king. Right. And so, yeah. anyways, JRPGs always have that. But um, after this battle, after you save him, um, Mustadio informs you that he's being chased by. Uh, a group called the Bert Trading Company. Oh, Don't it's Bart. 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 Okay, Bert. I thought it was great. <laughs> Trading Company. <laughs> Bart from Xenogears. Yeah, I thought it was just Bart, dude. And this is so funny because they're excavating underground and they're right. getting old ancient technology and stuff. Very, that's true, actually. It's a connect. That's great. There's a big um, connection. The Bert Trading Company, um, he describes them as, that business is only a front for more lucrative pursuits. Opium smuggling, slave trading, Slavery. all manner of vile things on yeah. a grand scale. Um, he also talks about how he's a machinist uh, and that what machinists do is they study the ruins of a lost civilization buried beneath the city of Gog, where he's from. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, he says, relics of the age of Saint Ajora, when airships numerous beyond counting filled the skies and men of iron walked city streets. So robots and airships and things like that. And judges. Now... Yes, and judges. <laughs> so, this was this game released in 1997. So, the the history of Evilise yeah. developed more as more games were made in Evilise, yeah. like Final Fantasy XII and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, obviously, the time of Final Fantasy XII is referred to as the golden era of Evilise, and they had airships, yeah. and there were many different races at the time that don't exist in the world at the time of Final Fantasy Tactics, technology and things like that. Um, 
He even refers to his gun. You know, he's like, this is a pistol. It's really rudimentary. <laughs> no, no, times, this is what he does. He goes, this is a pistol. He points, <laughs> points it, it right. I wrote in all caps. I'm like, that guy needs to learn proper gun safety. Because we're just like, is, what's that What's that pew pew thing you did in the battle before? And he's like, oh, this? And he's pointing, pointing it right at us. At he's like, yeah, this is a gun. You can load it with gunpowder and magic, and it will kill somebody. And he's just pointing it right at you. I love it. Yeah. Um, so... But he's like, oh, but in ancient times, they had ways of, like, infusing the bullets with magic. Yeah, yeah. And things like that, which is what you see in, like, something like Final Fantasy XII. Yep, yep. Um, with Balthier and, and, you know, those types of characters. So you could, uh, I, I think that, like, this is almost something that was slightly retconned, where this golden era of Ivalice, right, was being referred to as the, the time of Saint Ajora here. Yeah, yeah. But in the timeline as it stands now, Final Fantasy XII was more that era. Then there was a cataclysm that happened that ended that civilization. Mm. And Saint Ajora's is the first that arose after that. And it would make so. sense that there would be some... And they might still have some well, the, use of the technology or oh, something from like that from yeah. the Final Fantasy XII time. Yeah. There might be still remnants of that that were part of St. Ajora's time or something. But. Sure, sure. But it would make sense even to some degree not knowing much about the archaeology. Yeah. Us lumping things together oh, sure. that don't go together. This is part of St. Right? Ajora's time, but it yeah. wasn't actually. Sure. Like yes. I'd heard um, that Cleopatra is closer to our time today than she was to when the ancient pyramids were built. Holy crap, that's yeah. crazy to it's think weird. about. It's weird. It's like... Egypt... Th- that's that, freaking crazy. That, that long, empire was a long, long empire. empire. So we, we'll think, oh, Cleopatra, yeah, ancient Egypt. It's like, yeah, kind of, but um, also like not really... <laughs> at the tail end <laughs> kind of, of ancient Egypt. Kind of the end, Egypt. yeah, and yeah. closer to today than, than the height of that's, ancient Egypt. Right? That's wild, man. So... Anyways, crazy stuff. So it, so it could be just something like that. Like, oh, yeah, back in the day, you know, and this is from St. Ajora's time. But it's like, yeah, but you mean further back probably yeah. than, than Ajora. But anyways, you know, it, I was, it can I was still watching, work that way. I was watching a documentary the other day about the Assyrians. And it was kind of just in the middle of, you know, doing we're doing this or yeah. planning notes for this. It's really crazy how long-standing some of these empires were. I mean, they were yeah, dude, around thousands for of years. thousands yes. of years. Yeah, I, and I don't know. just crazy long empires, and they f- you know, just fell. And there's just hints in the earth about yes. what they were like or what Dude, their culture was. If e- ancient Egypt remained the way that it was seven, ten thousand 10,000 years ago, back when it was more of like a tropical, it was actually a green yeah. area. The whole Sahara Desert used to be full of trees. Um, if it had remained that way, we would have very little archaeological evidence yeah. because of the humidity and oh, it right. just it everything would have deteriorated all yeah. of those but because artifacts. the by the end of their time period it was an arid dry desert that actually preserved that worked to preserve a lot of that stuff yeah that cuz you look at the Mayans stuff the Mayan temples those things have to be dug out by under like trees like yeah. like they become hills basically you know mm-hmm. and but in ancient Egypt it's just it's just sand so yeah. it's all like kind of right there right. you know like it could always, get buried in sand, but it's still preserved. They're always finding new tombs and yes, just and like, even papyrus, like yeah. papyrus, Paper that's thousands is of years still old. I- yeah, Dude, intact. <laughs> if the Mayans had anything like that, we wouldn't know because yeah. it would have disintegrated and just long, 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 long ago. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Anyway, so yeah, cool stuff. They they uh, they dig up the old civilizations' artifacts and they try to find out their secrets of how their technology worked. That's what machinists do. So that's what Mustadio does, mm. um, but he wants um, 
He's, he does not reveal to Ramza and Agrius here why the Barrett company is after him. He's like, I can't tell he you won't. that. But I want to go see the Cardinal. I know you're going to and see I the Cardinal. And I need you to take me with you. Yeah. I want to go see the Cardinal so you can help my dad because my dad's been kidnapped by these people. Mm-hmm. And um, Agris is like, okay, tough. Like, you're not coming with us if yes. you can't tell us the reason why they're chasing yes. you. But Ovelia comes in and she's like, no, he can come along. And so she's cool with yeah. him. She allows him to come along. So um, this is interesting. I, I had some notes here. So Mustadio believes that the Cardinal of the Church can reunite the whole country, right? And that's a reasonable assumption because powerful, respected institutions can combat other powerful, respected institutions, even if it's just a war of information or it doesn't have to be like a battle of weapons and all that, right? Sure. But Mustadio is so full of mystery that we would never trust him. Like with what we have going on, it's weird that we would allow him to come with us, right? (laughs) So this is where... And I know I actually took another note here, but I'm just going to say this line anyways because I think she still fits this a little bit. But this is where naive characters like the princess, like like the princess in this game, can come in handy. There's a general storytelling mechanism that usually isn't very good, and I don't love it. But if you want a mysterious character, that's fine. But then you need a reason why somebody would bring that mysterious character along with them when all signs tell you it's a bad idea, right? Yeah. And you can have a naive character who just blindly trusts them based on the gut feeling, right? Yeah. Then you can have your cake and eat it too, storytelling-wise, yes. you know, as in terms of the story. 15-year-old right? princess who's the That's one like, who's really in charge. Oh, I just got a feeling. I trust. Can just have him come. I trust him, yes, <laughs> yes. And it's like, it's a naive thing. Now, I actually um, wrote down later on um, that she actually, yeah, I say uh, later on with Cardinal Draclau, she, I said, oh, maybe she's not as naive as I thought, right? Because she knows that people are using her all yeah. the time, right? And so she doesn't seem all that naive. But at least in this regard, it's, I don't love it as a trope, but it's useful to get a mysterious character to come along with you that you never would have trusted to come right. along otherwise and that they don't want to reveal that info yet. And, yes. But the storyteller needs a convenient excuse to, to bring, bring him along with you. Yeah. And this one worked really well because the princess says, he can come, it's not a big deal, and immediately Agrius is like, okay, like I trust you, you're in. Yep. There's no questioning, nothing like that. It's like you're part of it, boom, you're in. And the princess has that authority Because she blindly to command follows, that. as Gafgarim was saying, yes. blindly follows the princess. Agrius blindly follows whoever is her authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, she's a princess, nobody questions her even once, especially Agrius. She says, okay, I trust you. It's not, okay, you can come, right? It's okay, I trust you, so that shows right. her loyalty. Uh, the next battle is at Balius Tor. There's a couple of um, cutscenes. Um, oh, there's a, there's a cutscene where it's it's, Bar- it's Barius Hill. <laughs> in what the I'm L playing. and the R almost seem to be always flipped. In yes, these. I know. It's the like translators <laughs> don't know, what to, especially with the weird like Barius. Like, come on, I don't know. But I have a lot. I have a few more notes here. If I could get before through, the before Ovelia we leave. cutscene. Yeah, yeah. With Agris, okay. Um, so the princess asks her, I wonder, or the princess asks, I wonder if the cardinal will help us. And Agrius responds, I hear he's very loyal to the royal family. Oh, this family. is the cutscene. Oh, this, this is, is it? The oh, I'm sorry. At, I have. So the Balius Tor battle before that happens. Oh, never mind. You're there's right, a cutscene right. with Ovelia and okay, Agrius sort of like, and, and Ovelia's, you know, sort of feeling like oh, downtrodden. I, I gotcha. I know what you mean. Right? I know what and, you mean. and she's like struggling with the Kay. fact that. She wishes she had never been born a, a, princess. a princess. So is that where you're? Is yeah, that where we are that's here? Where we're okay, at. good, good. So we're Let's at. do it. Let's do it. So, um, 
He's wor- she's worried about whether the Cardinal will actually help them at all. She's, yeah. she's doubting this. Yes. As you're saying, maybe not as naive as you think. Yeah, I wonder if um, all of us. Agrius assures her that the Cardinal has not taken a side between Larg and Goltana, yeah. and that he wouldn't destroy his own honor by handing you over to one of them, right? That's so funny. That's op- okay. So what what she said in this one is, I hear he's very loyal to the royal family, meaning. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> well, because Agrius seems to be loyal to a fault. Yes. Right. Agria. Agrius. Agrius. How is that? What's the name there? Agrius. 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 Um, feels that loyalty is like a high, high thing to have, right? Yes. So as soon as the queen, as soon as the princess asks, I wonder if he'll help. Agrius says he's very loyal. He's loyal like me. But what's funny... He's loyal to the royal family the way I am. Therefore, he won't do anything bad to you. Right, but what's funny about that is that being loyal to the royal family in this case is being loyal to Loveria and Larg and Orinus, Mm. which is bad. I should not take you to someone who's loyal to them. Well... Because they, they want you dead. <laughs> that's weird. Well, I think she, there's another sentence after this, which is like, she, he wouldn't kill you because you're royalty. Because you're royalty. Yeah. Maybe. That's, I think, more or less, it's because so you're royalty, I'm, right? I'm, I'm loyal to maybe in, Andoria, less so than Loveria, right. who wants you dead. Andoria would not want you dead. It seems like he's loyal to both. Anyways, it's not clear <laughs> in that translation. You're right, it's not. Here, it's, I do not thank him a man to sully his honor by handing See, you over to either side. That's way better. That's way better <laughs> than what I wrote. Although what I wrote, along with Gafgarian's quote, which had been yes. changed, but I still think was really good to his moral compass, right? It felt good to his character. This one is good for Agrius's character. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, he's loyal. We can trust him because he's loyal. Because loyal he's people loyal are trustworthy. Man. He's an honorable man. Yeah. yeah. But that's not good for the story. It was just good for the character. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so Ovelia responds with, would that I were not, or would that I were born no princess. Yeah. My entire life has been spent behind sacred walls. The only sky I've known hemmed in by slate and stone. Did you know before I was sent to Orban, I was in another monastery? When I heard I was to be adopted as the daughter of the late king and after ever in a monastery. So she's like, she got all his hope. Because she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to be adopted as the daughter of King Andoria, my older half-brother who she probably had no relationship with anyways. Right. You know, my life's going to change. But then, because but she says, and after, and then there's a pause. After Orinus was born, right? Yeah. Ever in a oh, monastery there after you that. Go. Ever oh since then, I've just been stuck in monasteries. The War of the Lions translation right. is superior. It's so much better, dude. <laughs> Listen, I don't I just care. didn't get that. I, didn't I don't get that. care even how much you hate the Shakespearean language yeah. and you just get, you're fatigued by it. You don't like it written that way and mm. you like the more blunt modern English. This is clearer. It's, it's just clearer. better translated. Yeah. It's easier to understand what the characters mean when they're talking. Yeah. Um, she goes on to say, it's not been such a bad life, I suppose. Only knowing that men die for no more reason than that I am a princess, it's almost more than I can bear. So she's having a really hard time yeah. with her situation. Here. So she's actually a good person. Yes. By the way, talking about the translation notes here about the Old English and all that, well, yeah. like late Early English. modern Early English. modern English, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, um... The Japanese script, as I've had a chance to look at it now, um, the Japanese isn't written in any special way. Like it's more pretty standard. Esque. Mm, nope. They it's, typically don't it's do standard. that. Yeah. In games where they, in the translation, like in um, Vagrant Story, yeah, it's not written like that in the Japanese. They're not really? speaking samurai Japanese in the Japanese. 
and I don't, I'm fine with it, yeah. with them taking this liberty and translating it like this. Because I, I actually really like, kind of like you, I like the, the Shakespearean English a lot. Yes. Um, and so I'm fine with it. But it is interesting that even in an ancient world that's supposed to take place in some medieval type society, that they didn't opt for the Japanese version of that, which would have been right. feudal Japan's type of Japanese. How many, they didn't do that. How many, I mean, there's not that many. I mean, maybe in um, school, like in, a, in a, a, an English class in freshman year or something, mm. they might have you study Shakespeare a little bit or something like that. But it's yeah, not, not like, much, it's not not like this is necessarily a common thing for kids to Nowadays, learn. Nowadays, yeah. Unless you grew up reading the King James Bible or something James, like that, yeah. right? Or if you're a thespian and you do Shakespeare yeah, in yeah. your drama class or yeah. in your drama club. But how common is it in Japanese for kids to be reading like samurai level? Because I know that like, it's almost a totally know. different language. Oh, right? it's quite different. It has it's evolved so much since then. In a short period like, of time. Yeah. There's so much slang and just, and the, the, oh, the, 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 it's like Japanese as a, as a language is evolving really quickly. Yeah. And so it's like that older style of Japanese is almost unrecognizable. It's right? difficult. I, I had heard that there was a famous address given by Emperor Hirohito in 1945 at the very end of the war where he was essentially surrendering to, you know, the Allied forces. And um, that that speech that he gave is very difficult for modern Japanese people today, 75 years later. That's crazy. To, to understand. But it's not that the whole language evolved that quickly. It's that the emperor already speaks a kind of elevated Higher. type of older yeah. sounding Japanese anyways. And so... Um, a, a normal Japanese person can understand someone from 75 years ago, typically speaking. But the em that emperor's speech is is famous for being very difficult to understand, even among modern Japanese people, because that's how the emperors would speak. So ancient samurai Japanese is really hard. In fact, <clears throat> kabuki theater, yeah. which would be their equivalent to Shakespearean time during the era of Shakespeare and and after... The Japanese had their ancient theater, which was called Kabuki, right? And they did that up, up even now. They'll still do, still do Kabuki shows. Um, but they do the Kabuki in the original script, which is fine and all, but people modern Japanese people cannot understand it. Uh, so to the, to the level that we understand Shakespearean English, it's kind of miraculous because other cultures cannot understand 500 years ago of their own language. That's crazy. So in Japanese, they the people who go to watch the play, if they want to watch an original kabuki, which is part of the reason you would watch kabuki at all, is to get the original experience, the right? Authentic. The authentic. The cultural experience, yeah. yeah. The They have headphones that they wear where the play... Translates where it. The, into Japanese. No way. Yeah, where the Japanese is play is translated into modern Japanese so the modern Japanese people can understand it. That is insane. That is how Japanese people experience kabuki theater. Yeah. What the fuck? It's wild. That would be like going yes. to a Shakespeare play and having yeah. to wear headphones to translate. To translate the Shakespeare. That is yeah. wild. Yeah, it's wild. I so cannot that's imagine how, that. That's how different the language has, has Holy evolved. Crap. But it's not just... Because I think a commoner from even 500 years ago would do okay with a modern Japanese person now. But the way that you would have written for theater, yeah. it's just a different elevation of speech. And it, no one in Japan uses it. And it's just, it's up there. So that's part of what would be referenced well, when that you talk about the emperor, emperor Hirohito and stuff. That makes sense to me why they wouldn't try 
to do what War of the Lions in English is trying to do. Yeah. They wouldn't go back to, because like, 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 no one would even know what they're no. talking about. They, the best they could do was like 1800s, you know, samurai Japanese, which is how the movies are done. Oh, sure. So the, the movies that are about like Zatoichi or something, or something like that, like some of Kurosawa's stuff. Kur- yeah, the Kurosawa That films. uses like 1800s type of Japanese that's mm. samurai Japanese that modern Japanese people can understand a lot better. Um, but it's still, I mean, I don't understand it very well. That's really yeah. hard for me. Watching stuff from that Japanese is very difficult for me. Um, but and even when the, when the samurai are speaking very rough and very rough, you know, slang type Japanese, it's still, it's, it's hard to understand. It's different. Their language has changed a lot. Wow. That's crazy, dude. Anyway, the more you know. Okay. Study Shakespeare, people. Do it, please. Get into it. The language is beautiful. Be glad that you can even understand it to <laughs> any degree. Any because all. <laughs> not, all, not all languages are like that. Um, okay, so let's see. Where do we leave off? Okay, yeah. She also reveals, Ovelia reveals, that she was friends with Alma. Yes, and, Elf in one and that's of the how she learned. Monasteries. That's how she learned how to do to the, try this, like, the grass whistle, thing. whistle yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was friends with Alma, and she didn't even say it outright. She just said, oh, yeah, there was this girl who taught me how to, how to do the thing. Yeah. And then I think Agrius is like, oh, that was Alma. Like, yeah. she knew already ahead right. of time who that was. So right. maybe, maybe Alma even talks about her. You don't know. And so uh, Al, uh, Ramza kind of comes up to comfort her, and is like, oh, I'll show you how to do it right. And he, yeah. like, he, he gives her the technique. Mm-hmm. little vuvuzela sound. Vuvuzela. <laughs> <laughs> And and then she's like, oh, it's not so hard. And they're like, they're, yeah. they're tooting their little grass flutes as the camera pans up. Um, okay, then it goes into the next battle, which is at... Oh, is this where the I wonder if Cardinal Drekla will use me? Is that in that conversation or yeah, is that later? Yeah, because that's why she starts it off. Like, okay. I wonder if the Cardinal will help us really. Or the, if well, but no, well. this is different though. This is different from that. She says, I wonder if the Cardinal will use me. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how no, no. she starts off the conversation, I believe. I didn't. I, I feel didn't, like we're not talking about the right place. I didn't copy. Use the same. me as in people are using me. Yes, correct. In a bad way, yes, negatively. Correct. Okay. I didn't copy down that. Okay. Quote, okay. But that's how she leads off this conversation, I believe. That's important, though. That's important. Yes. That's what makes me think. Okay, maybe she's not so naive. She knows what's yes. going on to the extent right. that everyone's using her for their own reasons, right. right? Exactly. But yeah, she does say that before even seeing him. She's like, I wonder. Right. That's in her mind. Yeah, and Agrius is trying to assure her, no, he's not that kind of. Yeah. Guy. Right. Um, okay, the next battle is in Balius Tor, and it's some more of the, the Barrett Company dudes coming after Mustadio. And it's like, hey, I don't need to fight you. We have no quarrel with you. We just want him. It's like, well, he's with us, so your quarrel is with us. You kind know, of a deal. this mm. is so funny because everyone's a mercenary in this game. There's a lot tons of mercenaries. of mercenaries. And I guess this happens when you have a big empire that had to let go of all of their soldiers. They yep. fired them all. Mm-hmm. Well, those are soldiers by trade. Yep. They're going to go be soldiers for whoever else will pay whoever them money, pay right? Them. Yep. And honestly, this is actually, this was common in ancient Europe as well. Oh, yeah. A lot of times when you had like the French fighting the Germans or the, you know, the, the different countries like a thousand years ago that were warring with each other, they were hiring mercenary armies. Yeah. Like not entirely, but at least in large part. A lot of the armies were like the Swiss, where a lot of oh, mercenaries sure. came from Switzerland. Where mm-hmm. That's why they're always neutral. They're like, who, who, give us some money and we'll, we'll pick sides once you show us what you yeah. got. And Switzerland has been neutral ever since. They're always kind of like that. But that was part of their, part of their whole deal, right? Right. Anyways, it's, um, it's interesting. But that is actually true to how ancient uh, Europe kind of was. Was, yeah. Um, so anyways, you fight these guys off. 
and uh, they're still asking, like, you, you still won't tell us, Mustadio, like, why these guys want to kill you so bad? Yeah, it's like, nope, it. won't do it. Um, then we get a quick uh, cut to Igros Castle again, where Dice Dog and Gafgarian are talking back and forth about he, he's being hired to, okay, finish the job, kill the princess and her retainers. Yeah. And uh, Gafgarian wonders, like, you mean Ramza too, right? Like, yes. Are you telling me to kill Ramza? And uh, Dice Dog answers, I thought this a chance to let him learn the harsh truths of the world, but the boy is too stubborn. And Gafgarian says, too much of his father's penchant for justice that yeah. was. Right? He, got, he inherited his honor from his father. Yep. And so then Dice Dog's like, yeah, if he gets in the way, then there's no other choice, kill him. But if he, if he stands aside, all the better. Kind yeah. of a deal, right? And Gafgarian What is, does he say in Word of the Lions? I didn't copy that line oh, down, but dear. it was something to that effect. He says in the PS1 version, he says, it's hard belie- to believe his own brother said that. Yes. Sick- sickening. Yeah. He yeah. says that. Like, yes, yeah, sickening. sickening. He's disgusted. You, know, I, Don- I you down- know how Donald Trump would put like a one word after his tweets? <laughs> a one word like sad with an exclamation. Yeah, sad. That's what Gafgarian does here. He's like, I can't believe you said that. Sickening. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, he's disgusted by yeah. D- Dice Dark's willingness to spill the blood of Which his Which is brother, so funny right? because he'll do anything for money. Yeah. I love Gafgarian. Yeah. I love this. His moral... Yeah system his his morality especially in this scene this is where he became one of my favorite characters yep. but he seems amoral but he has a stronger moral code than the higher ups yeah. right he's like you're just doing this for power like you're not you're not even going to get any money you're just doing this for power like yeah. you're screwed up yeah. at least get some money out of it <laughs> i'd do it i'd kill my brother for money but not for just nothing you know yeah. it's so funny uh then he asks um what the plan is if the cardinal decides to take ovelia in and Dice Darg assures him that he's already planned for that. He's taking care of the church. Right. Yeah, so he's not worried about the church. Yeah. And Gafgarian asks about, and then that's when he asks about the man good. who kidnapped Ovelia. He's like, because um, he was assuming Delita was hired by Dice Darg. See, he's like, that guy messed it all up. Like, who was that person? And Dice Darg uh, responds that, oh, my men were found dead. Like. We're going to have to look up the script here because this is what I wrote in my notes. I said, Gafgarion then asks about the mercenaries who ambushed them in Dorder. Dysdarg simply says, someone learned of our plan and is trying to stop us. Right? Mm, interesting. So we'll, it could we'll be that one of us has misinterpreted this. I have the Japanese script we'll here, but I don't have the normal down. script. This is still chapter one. Dysdark says, do anything to capture Ovelia. The same goes for Agris and the others. Kill them. Gafgarian says, what about Ramza? Dysdark walks, I love how he walks over and starts pouring himself <laughs> some wine. <laughs> the, the, extra, the extra animations on the sprites is great. Yeah. They did a lot with that. He says, he's a disgrace to the name Beolv, and he's in our way. I left him alone because I thought he'd learn how harsh the real world is. I never thought he was that dense. Gafgarian says, did his strong sense of justice come from his father? And Dystark says, my father spoiled him. If he obeys orders, fine. If he resists, we have no choice. And he drinks his wine. And Gafgarian says, it's hard to believe his own brother said that. Sickening. But what if the cardinal gets in our way? With the church supporting him, even the prince couldn't do anything easily. That's a confusing line to me. Mm -hmm. Dystark says, I've already prepared for that. There's no need to worry. Gafgarian says, so that's that? Uh, the more I know, the worse you appear. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and Dice Dark says, if that's how you feel, then you'd best watch your tongue. Don't forget your head can be easily cut off. And Gafgarian says, hey, stop that. I'm your loyal servant. Remember, I'm not stubborn like your little brother. Dice Dark said, then uh, don't make any mistakes. 
Gafgarian, speaking of that, who did you order to kidnap Ovelia? When I was chasing her in Dordor, someone attacked me. Who was that about? So or it's what was both. That about? It's both. But what is the answer to? Is it for the Dordor or is it for the kidnapper? Uh, Dysar says, they found the criminals in the monastery woods dead. Someone, because remember, Delita is riding with a bunch of people in the very beginning credits, opening mm-hmm. credits scene. And he sort of like breaks off from them. I think yeah. what they're saying is those people who he was with, he killed those people. But something. they were criminals? <clears throat> he says criminals here, but that, see, this is the confusing one. The PS1 version is the confusing one. Someone <laughs> learned of our plan and is trying to stop us. Anyhow, as long as Ovelia is with Agrius, uh, there'll be many chances to get her. Gafgarian says, I hope so. So yeah. I took that to mean, while I was chasing her daughter, someone attacked me. What was that about? The people attacking me and daughter. Mm-hmm. That was the knight who paid the mercenaries I to see. attack. Oh, someone learned of our plan. That knight that with the purple cape, Vol- Volmar, he learned of their plan. I see. That's what I think it was saying in the PS1. So in the uh, War of the Lions version, Dystark says, our little mockingbird is taken away, Gafgarian, and it leaves me wroth. I cannot have her free. Catch her, crush her, and make silent her song. Lady Agrius and the others as well. Gafgarian says, and Ramza? And then he goes and drinks his wine. Uh, the fool, he soils our name, dogs uh, my every move. I thought this a chance to let him learn the harsh truths of the world, but the boy is too stubborn. Gafgarian says, too much of his father's penchant for justice, that one. Dystark says, father coddled the boy too much. If he stands aside, more the better. Should he interfere, there's not can be done. Gafgarian says, you uh, and you his brother. The blood curdles. If the cardinal moves to defend the mockingbird, then what? Duke Larg himself could not reach them in umbrage of the church's wing. Dystark says, worry not, the potentiality has been addressed. Uh, Gafgarian says, ever three steps ahead, you are frightening men, Dystark Bailey. Dystark says, truly. Uh, would it not be prudent then uh, to better guard your tongue? There are so many frightening ways to silence a bothersome one. Gafgarian says, come now, my lord, I am your ever faithful man, and not near so stubborn as a particular knight devout, if I might be so bold. Talking about Ramza. Dystark mm-hmm. says, uh, be bold, but let, it be, or, but let there be no more missteps. Gafgarian then says, on the matter of missteps, what buffoon did you charge with the princess's kidnapping? We were beset in Dorder as we gave chase. Not quite how we discussed. I'm sure you'd agree. Okay, so it's just about the kidnapping at that point. It's just about the kidnapping, meaning that well, we he, had to chase her, period. We weren't yeah, supposed we to weren't chase Yeah, we weren't supposed her. to do this. That's not so clear in the PS1. This was not supposed to happen like that. The, yeah. the person that you hired to kidnap the princess ruined it. And then Dystark says, The men I sent were found dead in the woods near the monastery. So... Those were just the people we killed then. Yes. So we killed them and I then moved their so. bodies yeah. into the forest. Someone has caught wind of our plan mm. and seems intent on disrupting it. No matter, as long as Ovelia remains with Lady Agrius, we will have a chance to steal our prize back. So they hired mercenaries to dress up as, as purple cape people. Or Maybe possibly not. other Northern he, Sky Knights. No, because he referred but. to them as thieves. He said those thieves. Didn't he say that? The he thieves? criminals in the, the criminals? PS1. Did he say that here? He said... The me- he just said the men I sent in this version. Ah, that is a big difference. That's a big difference. No, you're right. He does say they, they found the criminals in the monastery. They the found the criminals. Dead. So I would think that instead of sending knights, he just sent, he just hired that the, could be. the typical mercenaries to, to, to go dress in purple. Dress as... Yeah. yeah. 
but they or were to all killed. to dress as Southern Sky Knights. To dress as Southern Sky Knights. When they approached the monastery. And then those people were killed, thrown in the woods, and then they found them in the woods. Okay. Whew, Anyways. Man, okay. On to Lionel Castle here. Um, Delacroix, who was called Dreclau. Dreclau. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like Dracula or something. Uh, uh, Delacroix, Cla- Cla- the cardinal. Cla means cross, right? So oh, Delacroix okay. de is of the cross. Yeah. So well, actually, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you know, basically tell him what's going on. He says that he'll dispatch a courier to inform the high confessor of Larg's plot. So he's like, okay, Larg's not going to get away with this. Yeah. Um, he also agrees to help Mustadio as long as Mustadio comes clean about the reason why he's being chased. So he, Mustadio, reluctantly reveals that he has one of the Arasite, the 12 yes. zodiac stones. So these stones are all based on the 12 zodiac signs. Yeah, yeah. Mustadio holds the Taurus stone. Delacroix holds, I think it's the Scorpio, this, this, the Scorpio stone. So he reveals mm-hmm. in this scene he has one as well, right? Um, but he starts to explain what they are. So Delacroix says, you are familiar with the legend of the Zodiac Braves? And Ovelia explains it. Long ago, before the mountains had ceased their wandering and struck their roots into the earth, the Lukavi held dominion over the world. Twelve heroes there were who came forward to challenge these Lukavi. In a long and bitter struggle, they succeeded in driving the Lukavi to the spirit world, and Ivalice again knew peace. The twelve each bore an Arasite crystal, emblazoned with a house of the sky of the night sky. And so, in time, they became known as the Zodiac Braves. Ever after, when discord and strife paid visit to the halls of men, they would return to save us once more. So that's the, the official legend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Lukavi are basically like demons. So these 12 heroes came and cast the demons who had dominion yeah. of the world back to the underworld kind of a thing, right? Using these stones. Delacroix says, you have clearly been a most apt pupil, princess. And Ovelia says, Elder Simon himself instructed me at Orban, which reminds me of another thing he said. Saint Ajora walked with the Twelve, and together they saved Ivelisse from ruin. So this is bringing in Saint Ajora for the first time. Well, yeah. I guess they mentioned it briefly. The time of Saint Ajora was mm, yeah. the ruins of Gog that Mustadio works as a machinist to like unlock the secrets of. But now she's talking about how Saint Ajora was with those 12 Zodiac Braves um, when they fought the Lukavi. Yeah, when they overthrew the demons. Um, Delacroix says, We call the crystals of the 12 the Zodiac Stones. The stone you see before you is now, or the stone you see before you now is a stone from that very legend. So Mustadio um, basically explains that when he brings that stone in close proximity to machines in Goog, they will like react to it. Yeah, he so says it's something like, specific. They they growl or they howl is what he says in the PS One. The machines yeah. will howl. They like they like react to yeah. these stones. It's like a power source of some kind, mm. right? Um, so it's part of the secret to unlocking how their technology worked. These zodiac stones. Um, and he he claims that Ludovich Barrett, who is the leader of the Barrett Trading Company, who's after him, is looking to harness the power of the Arasite as a weapon, mm. and that's why we got to keep it away from him, right? So, anyways, any notes that you took on I that do. scene? Okay. First off, when we first approach Lionel Castle, the, the knights atop the wall, when you were talking to them, yeah, yeah. 
They just called Monty them. Python, Holy Grail. It just feels <laughs> like that. What do you want? We're here to see your king. And it's just wonderful. But th- it was, it was a, you know, it was, yeah. it was better done than that, of course, meaning it was less comedic. Yeah. Um, and then I have this. Cardinal Draclau is an interesting man. He wields great power, but it's hard to trust him. And it's because of the setup for the game. Mm. The game clearly wants us to trust Cardinal Draclau right now. The game wants us to trust him, but we already got the premise of Al-Azlam, the historian, as he wrote down, basically saying the church lied, right? And so I think that's more or less it, right? It's just the intro to the game, setting up the premise that the church was complicit in the evil goings on of the story. Therefore, any churchman is to be met with suspicion, right? And the music as well. It's actually really uh, frantic and dark. Yeah. And and he gives in to our request too easily, I think. Everything yeah. we ask him, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll send everything. some men over here. Oh, Bart Company's going to be trouble. I'm going to kill all those people. Um, what else do you need? Oh, yeah, stones. <laughs> yeah, oh, I got one. Just whatever, you know, it's no big deal to me. And then um, go to this, go to Gouge and everything will be fine, right? Yeah. Like it's, or Gog. Gog. Every, it's like, whoa, dude. <laughs> It's like, a little too easy. A little too easy. A yeah. little too easy. But you would only be you would only catch on to that given that the game earlier told you explicitly to be suspicious of church people. Yeah. And otherwise you maybe wouldn't have thought so suspiciously right. of him. But yeah. Draculaus first break of character my computer auto-corrected it to Dracula. <laughs> Dracula's first break in poise is when Agrius brings up the possibility that the story she heard in church was not true. Yeah, he's like, are you doubting? He's like, are you doubting the stories <laughs> that, of the church? And the she's elders like, lied to you? He's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. And then I had a note here that I deleted very soon after. Mm. My note was, but of course, all legends are true. Yeah. Right? And I, I remember thinking, but this one doesn't feel true. <laughs> because we aren't to trust him. Therefore, he's probably not telling us the truth. Mm. So I went back and I deleted that note. Um, because the story is not as it seems, right? Yeah. But this might be the first game where the legend, the legend wasn't is completely actually true. Completely true, right? <laughs> it was not true. The next battle is a complete filler battle yeah, against some nothing. monsters, non-consequential. Then you get to the clockwork city of Gaug. Uh, yeah. So this is so Mustadia's hometown. We're expecting Bart Company to be there. We're and expecting the Cardinal's troop people to be there. No one no is one's to there. be seen. Completely empty. Yeah. What's going on here? So we're all suspicious, but like, like all good suspicious people in stories, we decide... Let's split up, right? Okay. So Mustadio's like, hey, I'm going to go over here by myself. And we're like, sweet, don't get lost. Don't get hurt. Don't get killed. We'll be over here doing nothing. I actually... And then I'll meet you down there later. The start of this, uh, this starts a few events that I'm a little critical of within the story, but it gets back on track. So it's not a big deal. It's basically just the goog part. Yes. And some of Mustadio, yeah. It it feels weird. The quality of the convincing storytelling yes. takes a dip. And the, the beauty of the cutscenes and how packed they are with info. This one, everything's pointed and it's more obvious and it's yeah. less interesting, I yeah. think. So yeah, that's the whole thing with Goog here. So you, you, Ramza goes to meet him in Lowtown a little later and he's like, Mustadio. After he was too late and didn't, yeah. didn't come back on time. Mustadio. I don't know why we couldn't have gone with him. But Where are you? He's nowhere. And instead you get Ludovic showing up with Mustadio and Mustadio's father in tow as hostages. And Ludovic yeah. demands the stone. Where is it? Um, we'll 
they, they're threatening his father, they take him like into a building to be like tortured or something, yeah, yeah. is the implication, right? And so Mustadio tells Ramza, okay, I've hidden the stone in a chimney back there behind where Ramza's at, go grab it, mm. hand it over, kind of a thing. Ramza goes and grabs it, he throws it over to Ludovic, ah, see how it gleams, yes. the, the, the Taurus stone, thank you so much. Now kill them, right? Yes, now so, kill them, which of course so we knew So you have a battle because of that. Um, you kill all the enemies, you save Mustadio, and you save Mustadio's father. But the scene that plays after that, this is where it gets a little funny. Yeah, well, before I got another okay. criticism right here, though. Um, so Dracula was in on the whole thing. It's kind of revealed through this, that yes. Dracula was in on it. He wants all right, right, right. All Ludovic that, right? reveals he was sent yes. by, by Delacroix. But I can't... Delacroix must not be that... Well, okay, so what I wrote here is... Okay, Dracula was in on the whole thing to get the other stone. Honestly, that's not very believable. Mustadio may have given it to him willingly. Like, Dracula was was trusted by Mustadio, yeah. right? He showed his own stone. To then have this other guy go up and try to trick him into a trap right. to steal... Why, oh, so oh, now I have just, both. Well, you have him inside of a, a city full of knights at your beck and yes, command at yes. that minute. Even if you tried to take it by force, you could have done it right there in Lionel and not let them go to, to Gaug first. Right. And then the fact that he fell for the fake stone and we yeah. started, it's like, don't worry, I made, first off, how do you, like, how do you make a stone like that? You gotta oh, mine. Oh, like manufacture you one that looks just like, like it. Yeah, like what are <laughs> you what are you mining? How did here? you how did you do that? Yeah. You need the 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 amber maybe, or it's yellow, maybe right? It's, so you gotta get a big ball of shiny. You gotta polish it. Like is, it's difficult to diamond craft. Yes, but he is excavating the ruins of an ancient okay, civilization. Okay. So maybe there is some mining a involved. similar stone. You would down be smelting. You would be smoothing. Yeah, but in order to actually cut. The stone. It's not to easy. Look the same. It's it's hard. You don't just make another stone. Otherwise, anyway. I, I would whatever. say that if you wanted to explain this away, you could probably figure out a way. As a machinist who works with ancient technology, that he had the tools or the skills to do it. But it does and feel time, in how it is presented. It feels convenient. very convenient. Very convenient. Because it wasn't yeah. set up. If you had set yeah. up that Mustadio. Had was capable of anything like that, yeah. Stone or that was, yeah. Then mm. it would feel better, but it wasn't set up. So when it happens, the payoff feels contrived. It feels contrived. And Draclaud, this wasn't a good strategy for him getting the stone. Exactly. This was a bad strategy to begin with. And so yes. I just don't, I don't love that. Anyways, I, I agree say, with that. Of course, that was a fake stone. Nice. A bit obvious, though. <laughs> then it was actually. Then, fake. then, this is great. We deduce exactly why Draclaw wants to rule the world and such. And I wrote here, this part is a bit flat. It's obvious, but not only that, it's unengaging. The short cutscenes are packed with subtlety and meaning and power, but this cutscene is really poor and reveals too much. Mm. It's it, it just telling you stuff. It's just yeah. telling you everything. Oh, Draclaw must want to collect all the stones so that he can take over the world. And we, we, we kind of just deduce this immediately, all right up front, just, just right there. And... We just learned he betrayed us, and we already know his intentions and what he's trying to do and all the stones and the whole purpose and what they're for and that they're evil and all that stuff. Sure. We're, we're, it's, this is one of the lesser well-done cutscenes in the whole game. And then they're like, oh, I'm sure he set up a blockade, so we definitely can't go back on the road we came from. Yes. We have to take a ship 
and go <laughs> yes. like this alternate route. It's just it's 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 yeah. It's like it's a transitory scene where they yes. know they need to get Ramza back in Lionel, but with the Cardinal on watch, it would be clearly all it would be blockaded or he would yes. be on watch for you. Yes. So we have to very quickly explain all of that in through just a some few pretty awkward boxes. or clumsy dialogue yeah. lines so that we can get him moving over here for the next scene. To the back of the of It's the like castle. they didn't quite know how to transition from Gaug back to Lionel again. Exactly. And That's what it's saying. That's what it feels like. It a bit. And they're like, okay, now we got to go back. Well, but the, the thing that I don't like is that there are perfectly reasonable mechanisms for them to have done this, right? Sure. That would have been better. Yes. But instead, we just get this idea. They're, they're guessing as to everyone's intention over and over and over. Oh, this uh, was a fake, or no, he knew that it would be a fake stone the whole time. So that reveal is just really obvious. Then, oh, Dracula probably wants to rule the world. Okay, yeah, that's a stretch, but maybe it's a game, so whatever. Oh, and he probably already blockaded the road back. And so we, he probably wants to kill the princess now that he knows that we know his plan. We're just mind-reading the enemy the whole time. It's yeah. not interesting. Yeah. Instead of the enemy revealing their thoughts or through dialogue or something like that, we're just guessing 100% accurately <laughs> that, oh, he, and we're saying, but using the word probably, oh, he wants to do this, he's doing this, this is why he's doing it, and it's, and now we got to go back here, but we can't do it this way, and he's going to kill this person, and we got to go now. And it's like, okay, fine, but that, they, the game had such good, subtle ways of getting us around those types of conversations up to this point. Yeah. But at this point, all of a sudden, it just becomes a just wall of text, we're just going to throw words at you, this is, this is what happened, deal with it, okay, now get back into the actual story with sure. good storytelling, right? <laughs> this distraction is over, we know, whatever. Yeah, you brought we up... We needed an extra battle for you. You brought up that um, there were devices to maybe deliver this in a more natural or convincing way. Yes. And uh, we talked about the fact that you meet up with Agrius, who fled yes. from capture... She could have been the one to reveal. Just meet her some a little earlier. Stuff. Yeah, instead of us like, guessing so that the the blockade happened, beheading back on the road, mm -hmm. Agrius fleeing tells us, "Don't go this way. There's yes. a blockade. They're after you. We can't go this way." Delacroix and betrayed us. They he have wants the, the stones. They have yes. the princess. That like, would have been way better. If instead, Agrius we're told guessing. You all this, we were guessing all of that. Yeah, Agrius tells you all this. Then it's like, okay, we need a different route. Let's take the sea yes. route around. And given that Agrius escapes and we find her later anyways, it that that should have been how this plot also, I movement think happened. What would have been cooler too is that the the Cardinal would have known they're gonna come across our blockade. They can't go this way. They'll probably try to take the sea route. Let's put some men in the sea port and have a right. battle at Wargilus. Where then maybe Delita can come in at the last minute, help you out, and then you have your scene with Delita where he explains oh, what's right. going on. But there's that a battle been, there sure, because sure. The, the the cardinal knows they're not coming this way. We've blockaded this path. The only other way is yes. through the port. Let's send some men there to apprehend them when they arrive. Exactly. And you have to fight through that. Right? Yeah. There were think, there were several ways they could have done better. this better. Several ways they could have done this better. And I have not said that about the game so far. I know. <laughs> this is the first time. Until now, I haven't had a single a single criticism of the game no, story me neither. until this It's scene. so well done. And we're, we're, what, uh, we're on the second half of chapter two now. And it's like, and there's only four chapters. So this is good. Yeah. This is good. There was, there's a little hiccup there, but that's fine. We're back on track. That was literally it for the whole chapter, though. All of chapter two is fantastic. Exciting and it's really good. In fact, it gets better and better and better <laughs> up until the climax at the end of chapter two. It's wonderful. Yeah. 
Okay, um, that it for the Goog City stuff. Uh, oh yeah, and I also wrote, I said, okay, I'm going to be harsh on this scene because all the others were so good. This doesn't feel like it was written by the same person. Mm. This is more juvenile, it's more direct as to where we're going and it doesn't feel natural at all. Although, and I wrote this, although now we get to ride a boat, so all is forgiven. <laughs> For whatever reason, I freaking, boats and trains. In old school RPGs, boats and trains are the coolest things. Because yeah. you airships explore them. Too. Yeah, and airships. Mm. You can get out and explore them in anyways. I don't, this game didn't quite really do that. But still, it's, it's yeah, cool it to get on a boat. It doesn't have the traditional Final fun. Fantasy world map where you actually run around on it. It's just point to point. And you can talk to people and there's a shop. Yeah, this okay. game doesn't really do that, but that's fine. So when they arrive in the port city of Wargilis, Wargilis, uh, Ramza is waiting for them, and he and, or, or sorry, Delita is waiting for them, and he and Ramza have a conversation. Ah, uh, yes, yep. Um, he warns, Delita warns Ramza not to get involved, that he can't save the princess, right? He has no power here. <laughs> you have no you power. You have no power. <laughs> Delita continues speaking in vague terms, though. Um, he's not really revealing who he's working for or what his end goal is. Yeah. So Ramza starts to get suspicious. He's like, what is what is your end in all of this, mm -hmm. Delita? Like, what are you doing this for, right? I, I, I don't know anymore. Like, I don't know you. I can't get a beat on you. Right. <laughs> I'm worried about you, right? And Delita says, the Dukes, Larg, and Goltana, your brothers and all the rest, they are all swept, they are all of them swept up in a mighty current, a current they cannot see or feel. I sw simply swim against it, nothing more. Hmm. So again, completely vague. Doesn't re he's, he's answering yeah. the question without answering the question. In a weird way. But he's just saying, I'm outside of all of this stuff. I'm outside the system now. I'm out of mm -hmm. the matrix. <laughs> yes. I operate outside of your rules. Yeah. What I'm doing uh, is, is beyond what all of them are swept up in. It does make me wonder. So, did, does he use the word elitist in this? In the, I don't remember the, the word lines? elitist. Okay, I believe this is the point where he in the PS1 it. version he says that it's the the elitists are in control of everything, and I'm going against them basically, and that's yeah. that's more or less what he's saying here. But I did have a question about fate. I gave away what I wrote here about um, Ramza. Ramza's responses here, okay, and how it is in the War of the Lions because in the PS1 Ramza is like what. Really? What do you mean? <laughs> Wait, you're doing what? What are you planning? Yeah, what is this, Delita? Those kinds Why of... are you, what is, what is this about? What are you getting at? And then it's over. And basically, if you just read Ramza's responses to Delita, you get essentially Aizuchi-type dialogue <laughs> that sure. you were so critical of with Faye yes. in Xenogears. Yeah, it didn't And that made him kind, like of, that. kind of look kind of not very intelligent. Um, I'll watch the scene because... Um, <clears throat> because... It's one of those cool new animated ones. Oh, I didn't know that. I say this for your sake, Ramza. Return to Egros. Delve no deeper into matters of royal maidens or those of sacred stones. What have these ears of yours been telling you? Much better already. Yep. You think your brothers and all the rest, they are all of them swept up in a mighty current. Current, they cannot see or feel. Way better. I simply swim against it. Yeah. Okay. So the, those well, scenes are really well done. That's sweet. The the that's version. very. I like the voice acting too. That was actually really good. Yeah. Um, in the PS1 version, Ramza sounds a little. 
Aizuchi centered. (laughs) A little too like asking the same question over and over and over and over, right? Uh, Which is similar actually to the Japanese. I looked up, I have the Japanese script now. And so I looked at the Japanese and it's actually kind of similar to the just like, what what are you talking about? 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 Like four times over. (laughs) Um, So, and it's not that, you know, it's not that straightforward, but... Anyways, I just wondering how that went in War of the Lions. It's much better. War of the Lions is better, man. I, I literally cannot understand. I do understand the the sentiment that I don't like that style of language. I yeah. get that. I do not get how anyone could claim the the translation itself is yes. better than the PS1 version because yes. it is just not. I agree. Objectively, not better. Objectively, more confusing. <laughs> yeah. Objectively, less clear. Like, it's, it, this is so much better at conveying what the characters are really getting at. Yep. It's, it's a much better translation. Much better. All right, then we get a really great scene. Yeah, this is wonderful. Between Gafgarian, Ludovic, and the Cardinal. Man, this scene's awesome. Um, there's a really clever line in the War of the Lions version here where the Cardinal says, If we use the princess to lure them out, we get two birds and one stone. So, like, we get the stone, oh, the, the, the aracite. And right? they're the birds, yeah. And it's, it's capitalized the word stone, right? So Perfect. it's like, if we use the princess to lure them out, we get two birds and one stone. And one stone. It's a really good, clever line there. I really, really like that. Uh, so their, their, their plan is to stage um, the execution of the princess yeah. to lure the party in, then have Gafkarian ambush them and take the stone yeah. back to the cardinal. That's the plan that they more or less come up with. Um, but um, Rudvich has, has failed. Yes, well, well before hard. that, the Cardinal also says he basically plans to give Ovelia over to Dice Dog after he's gotten the stone. So okay. once he uses her to get the stone, then he'll give Ovelia to, um, to Gafgarian to take mm. back to Larg and they'll kill her or do whatever they're going to do with her, right? Um, but yeah, then then that part of the scene where Ludovic is like, "How can you trust yeah. someone like? Why Gafgarian? are we going with his plan?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, Gafgarion's wonderful because Gafgarion um, tells him to his face, he's like, "Because I'll actually do it. I won't screw up like you did, <laughs> you you little screw up." Yeah. And Ludovic is like, "How dare you talk to me like that?" And Gafgarion's like, "Dude, I get the job done. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what your deal is, but like." You can trust me, I think is what he says. Yeah. Like you, Because I can be trusted, you can't. But before that, there's a great line from Draclaw. And I call him Draclaw, it's Delacroix, right? Delacroix. Okay. But um, Delacroix says, like, oh, we're going we're gonna to stage an execution and all of that. Gafgarion says, uh, that's not something a holy man would do in the <laughs> PS1 version. And I love it because, once again, Gafgarion with the morals, yep. right? He's like, you're a whole, like, I'm a mercenary, whatever. But Calls you're, out people's You're hypocrisy. a priest. Like, what are you doing? This yeah. isn't right. And mm-hmm. anyways, I just, I love it. Because he's not afraid to tell people to their face. Yeah. Like, you're not very moral. and <laughs> But he has the moral high ground, technically. Yeah. Because he's like, hey, we're all the same here. It, you're not it, doing your job. I'm doing my job. You're not doing your in job. In this world, mercenaries and sellswords who kill for money have a have higher moral ground to stand on than the nobility and the clergyman. <laughs> it's it's quite a it's quite a thing, isn't it? How about that? But it's but it seems to be the case. Yeah. So then after um Gal, Gal sorry, I'm so bad with this name, Gafgarian, he heads out to go prepare the whole yeah. guillotine and all that stuff. Or was it hanging? Anyways, there, I think I they were gonna hang her, yeah. The gallows. Um, and Rudvich is like, oh, I can't believe that. Grumble, 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 right? Yeah. And then uh, that's where um, Delacroix is like, okay, well, uh, actually, Rudvich, I have uh, 
I I have a what did he say? I can't remember what it was, but like I have I have a present for you, something like that. Anyways, he um, he shows like Rudvich the stone's true power, mm-hmm. which you don't know what it is, right? Right. But basically, Rudvich is very upset at um, Delacroix, and Delacroix is like, I don't need you anymore. Yep. So I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> And he does so using the stone, but the camera tilts up right before you see what the effect of the stone would have been. You see yeah. a red flash, and then you don't see what, what how Delacroix happens. does it. It but just you, assumed he's dead. Yes, you assume right. it, though, because I say, whoa, did Drakow just kill Rudvich? So, and yeah, Rudvich so is Ludovich. Your eminence, you cannot mean to trust this to a man like that. I love how he gets up and just walks. So great. I trust things to those who can be trusted. Men who fail me time and again are rewarded in another way. Your Eminence, what do you mean? What are you doing? I love the sound effects. You know what that is, though? That's a pitched down version of the other yells. Because there's a few other yells, and the when the characters die in battle, the the female one is is I I just think it's so great. It's the yeah, it's just so quick. And then you got the normal one. And then then you got the low one, and it's longer. (laughs) I I just love it. I love it. So, yeah, great scene. Um, Then you go to the Golgata, or Golgolata, Golgolata Gallows. Yes. Now, again, I don't think it's something we can bring up today, but it's a similar word to Golgotha. Yes. And this is where St. Ajora was executed in his time. The leader of the oh. and establisher of the Church of Glabados. Oh, really? There's some parallels here. There we'll are get some into parallels. Later. There are some parallels <laughs> that we'll get into <laughs> later, and um, the twist on it, right, in this story. Yeah. Um, so it's all a trap, obviously. Gathgarian's the executioner. I love here. it. They put a hood on, on his, his on his and he's, face. he's speaking in like a like a real <laughs> thick like Cockney accent. Oh yes, like, oh, puppet yes. like. Well, I guess in this version he was. Well, in this one but, they did something like that, but yeah. it wasn't as probably good as that one would have been. And even the person you can tell dis- so easily though that, that it's, it's him Gaff in Garrett. the hood. Because you see his little it. his little white mustache. Yes, yes, right. and his he's the only avatar that's looking slightly up. Everyone else yeah. is looking forward, but he's like kind of tilted up a little. Yeah, I don't that's know true. why that is. Yeah, but you see his face up, and this hood's like <laughs> over his face. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, even the person in the. In the noose is yes, is a soldier a false um, yeah. Ovelia, right? Yep, yep. So we show up, let her go. Oh, no, she's not actually here. Kind of, a but thing, before right? that, and this is this is one thing though. We say we're here, and it's like, haha, it's a trap. And we say whatever we're or no, we're going in to fight anyways. No, maybe this was a little before that. I can't remember when it was. Does he say Geronimo? In your no, translation, not. okay. So there's a point where we're in and we're like, hey, we got to go save her. Let's go, Geronimo, and and. Uh, Ramsay yells Geronimo before he rushes into battle to go mm. save the princess, right? Now, I don't know how, maybe I shouldn't talk about this much because it's not in War of the Lions. It seems like they already addressed it. But using <laughs> using Geronimo, which is which was a famous uh, Native American, I think he was, um, I wrote it down here, he was an Apache, I think. Yeah, an Apache warrior who was just fearless in battle, right? Yeah. And Geronimo is a reference to history, uh, North American history. And so... Um, it's weird to be used in a it's, game like it's this. Very I'm glad. Weird. I'm glad they changed, they changed it. it. I looked up the Japanese, and he says "ikuzo," which is "let's go." So, I don't know why they had to put Geronimo. They there, did but. stuff like that all the time. Ted Woolsey was freaking famous for that. Yeah, just like 
putting funny little like American references <laughs> that are references to things that make no sense in the game yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. I think one time he makes a reference to like James Bond or something like that. Oh my gosh. That might, but that might have been in. A, now that I think about it, I think that's actually in um, in uh, Super Mario RPG. Oh really? Which it's like it's like those they do that Bruce Lee. Say, hey, yeah. Mario, we can't go and fist flying like Bruce Lee. He <laughs> says like that. That, that yeah. was in Mario RPG. Yeah. Which, it, it fits Mario RPG just fine. It does, because that's pretty silly. But anyways, he's known for that. They did a lot of that kind of thing back then. Okay, um, so there's more arguments with Gaff Garion, but this time yeah. he's, he's less moral. Yeah. He's trying to, because he's, he's getting at us. with us. He's got something he wants, you know, because he's got a job to do. Yeah. So his morals are less on point. Yeah, he flees from this battle. I didn't really take too many notes on the, the gallows part. Um... Uh, that's it. Although Agrius once again um, learns at this point learns that we're a, we're one of the bells. Yeah, she didn't know that. She didn't know that up till now. And and yeah. but then I my note my only note was wow Agrius is very trusting <laughs> because <laughs> immediately it's like yeah I'm one of the bells is that a, is that a problem and she's like it's not a problem at all and she just keeps fighting yeah. and it's like okay she trusts me and that's all that matters right yeah. she's got great loyalty. So uh, I guess then we see Delita with so the no that this is oh. yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. So we go, we go to Lionel's like dungeon. Yeah, the dungeon. And Delita's down there with Ovelia. Trying to get her to eat. Um, and she's not eating. And he's like, it doesn't, no one's going to care if you die. People want you dead anyways. Like, there's yeah. no point in like uh, protesting by not I eating know. like this. It's <laughs> like, oh, please, please continue. Yeah. Yeah. So again, he, he's very cold with her about it. He's, he's not, yeah. he's not comforting. He's not sympathetic to her situation. He, he's he's very much a, just tell the reality of the situation. Just, yep. just deal with it. Yeah. Like stop crying and complaining about it. This is it's the way it is. It's almost like he he doesn't want to get close to people anymore. He no. doesn't want emotional connections. That that makes that makes it difficult to do what he I he's, think is trying to do. In order for him to do what he's doing, yeah. he, I think he's got to be yeah fully severed from the committed. World. And just like this is the only thing I care about in life, yeah. and no matter what happens, I'm making happen. Like yep. can't deal with anything else, kind of a thing. Um, but so she thinks he's in league with the cardinal, Delita, at this time, because well, he's there with the cardinal. I know, yeah. Uh, when the cardinal and Falmarv enter, Falmarv just kind of lets it slip that she's not the real princess Ovelia. I love how that was like, done. Well, wait that a second, crazy. are you serious? <laughs> Say, oh my gosh, no way. I suspected this because of a hint. There was a hint earlier in the game. Yeah. Well, but I don't know if I should bring it up because it might be a spoiler as to another character and what they might become. But there is a hint that she isn't, well, I don't even know how to say it, so I'm not going to say it. Okay. But there's a hint uh, that something like this might have happened, right? Yeah. But I, it was completely over my head. I didn't even really pay attention to it. This was such a shock to me, but in such a pleasant way because... It was a puzzle piece yeah. that had that had been set up ever so subtly, as I freaking love Matsuno for this. But it was yeah. so subtly set up in a previous scene, and and then like boom, it hits. But it's still surprising. But it's not just out of the blue. It's not like this is just some random thing that that just hits you from nowhere. It's like there was a setup to this, and and this is just the reveal. And it was it was so it's so freaking cool. And the way it was done wasn't the dun 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 yeah. kind of like they didn't play it up like that. Yeah, they didn't play it up like the like a soap opera or something like that. It was just like, hey, does she know that she's not the real princess? I'm like, no, she doesn't know that yet. Oh, okay, well, whatever. She'll figure out later. And it's like they're talking to each other in front of her, and she's just like 
that's how she found out. Yes. Like, that is so cruel. Yes. <laughs> that is so sinister and bad. But they're just doing business. They're just talking, yes. doing whatever. They don't care. Delita's in on it. Everyone knows. But then the princess is just like, I'm not a... Pr- like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. She Like, her whole world just broke. Right. But they're brushing it off like nothing. Like, yeah. I, I love the way that this scene was treated here. It's just unbelievable. It's so, so good. I feel like a lot of JRPGs... Um, they try to deliver a gut punch mm. plot twist, right? Yeah. But they really wind up for it. Yes. It's like, here it comes. Get yes. ready for this. And it's anime lines. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> With the writer's pencil. There it is. Isn't that huge? That's yes. not effective. It's not as when effective. When you see no. it coming from a mile away. Yes. Even if you don't know what the... It's like, okay, they're about... They're going to go on a freaking... 50-minute diatribe yes. on explaining the, the, the genius plan mm-hmm. of the villain and the big plot twist of the story. They're yes. just winding up so hard to just like, <laughs> here it comes, baby. You're about to get punched. And they try so hard it's, to make sure that it lands with yes. the music, with all the characters. Everyone gets an exclamation point yes. above their head. Like, oh, oh, no, this can't be real. I'm shocked. What a shock. <laughs> but... But it's What's like more no. effective is to be blindside sucker punched yes. completely without any wind up Unbe- at all. You just, you're just walking around and all of a sudden a dude just, <laughs> and you're, just you're knocked out cold. You just did not see that coming. That's exactly <laughs> what this is. It is. This, this is closer to the, the Empire Strikes Back, Luke, I'm your father moment yeah. than... Anyone who's ever tried to do that since, I feel. Because everyone gets this big lead up and they want it to be a big thing. Because they remember that it was such a big thing when it happened with yeah. Darth Vader and Luke. But it's like, you can't if you watch that, that movie though, yeah. you do not see that coming. There isn't really much of a hint. It is mostly, you're, it, it happens and it's there and it's just like, w- wait, that's your dad? Like, especially yeah. for 1980, it's yeah. just like, like that, that's, it's blindsiding, it's crazy. Now, Luke then does scream no, which, which ruins a lot of the, what, I, what we're talking about, where they are trying to kind of hammer in the emotions there. Right. But at least up until that point, it was just like, the hints were there, but you didn't you see didn't it coming. You didn't see them. You didn't see it coming until, right. and then you're like, of course, right? That's how this one what, is, except this one doesn't have a Luke lot of shouting other- no. <laughs> What a lot of other stories will do will take all those hints they dropped and then re-throw them re-throw back in your face. Them back Remember you. this and this and this and this. Here it comes, baby. I'm winding up. Remember yes. this and this. It's because boom, <laughs> right? Don't do that. That's not as effective. <laughs> it's not. And you may feel that that's what would be effective. Um, because that's how you remember it as a kid. You're like, oh my gosh, when I found out that Darth Vader was Luke's father, it was so crazy for me. So you try to uh, take what you felt and write it into your script. But it's like, no, you felt that way because it was written not like that. Yes. (laughs) So don't do that. Don't do that. Anyways. Some good dialogue. They kind of don't even really address this much after this point until a scene, like a couple of scenes later. So there is an added scene in War of the Lions all over where she's at least feeling... Super conflicted about it, and she talks a little more about it. But, okay, okay. Um, I like some of these lines from Fulmarv here. You are a straw doll placed in an empty crib by council members who bear no love for the queen. It was their intent that you would someday succeed the throne and relieve Queen Loveria of her power. They placed you in the royal family after assassinating the queen's two eldest sons, attributing their deaths to malady. The deception was complete, and your ascent all but sealed. 
King Andoria was sickly and seemed unlike to father another son. But against all odds, another prince was born. Whether he is in truth of Andoria's seed is highly suspect, of course. Like as not Duke Larg found some other sire to ensure his sister's place as mother of the king. Hmm. Regardless, all of the council's work was made for naught the moment Prince Orinus drew his first breath. So their plan was to get Queen Laveria out. Mm -hmm. They don't want her anymore, right? That's the whole reason that the Gultana and that whole, that side of the, the Lion War is fighting. They don't want Laveria in power. And so they killed her sons <laughs> and put Lov this fake Ovelia in place to be adopted as the king's heir. Yes. And then all of a sudden the queen shows up with a new son and they're like, that's not Andoria's son. Because they had Larg found someone else for her. Mm -hmm. and But they can't prove it. So like, uh-oh, what are we going to do now kind yes. of thing, right? They, now, do, are they so specific in the War of the Lions script as to say the line, the real princess died? Yes. Okay. Died good. years ago. Yes. Yep. The real princess died years ago. Mm -hmm. I just put as a side note here, not having played the game, I don't think that's true. I said, I think that's not true, is what I wrote. Okay. But anyways, I'm just kind of uh, staking out a claim in case I, ha <laughs> I happen to be right. Okay. <clears throat> okay. But then I was actually very confused by the whole adoption thing. Okay. Right? Um, but that's all been cleared up. But yes. within the PS1 version, I heard a lot about her being adopted, but I didn't realized that she was the daughter of royalty before she was adopted already. Yes, yeah, so she it was... It seemed like she was adopted. Denamda the fourth's okay. youngest child, but a, by a different mother than Andoria. And Andoria is like 20 years older than, uh, than okay. Ovelia is. So, so he adopted... All, Andoria yeah. adopted his half-sister as his daughter to be the heir because he had no sons. Mm -hmm. Was basically... But then she brings up, she says, no, my ancestors were the Aktasjas? Yeah, that's their last name. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So she's just not accepting it, right? Okay, yeah. I did not know that. Because yeah. I was that's like, the, oh, the That's great. the last name of Denamda and Andoria. Okay. And, yeah. Okay. Great scene. Awesome scene. So well Fantastic done. scene. Just unbelievably good. One of the best scenes of the game. Yeah. Um, okay, then we go back to Lanali and Plateau where Wygref is visiting uh, Miluda's grave. And he's like swearing vengeance and he's visited by this mysterious man who claims that it is our wish to rebuild Ivelisse to uproot her foundations and see that, is she, that she is not twice made slave to nobility. Which is precisely what Wygriff was fighting for in yeah. his Corpse Brigade rebellion. So he, he's hearing things that he really likes and he's promised power from this man, right, if he will fight with them. Now, so, who is this? Are we talking about Wygraf. Wygraf. Oh, Wygraf. I see what you mean. Okay. Wygraf is, did you see that scene where the sword is stuck in the earth? It's where his sister was killed on the Linalian Plains. And he's there, like, sort of visiting her. If he didn't, I can pull it up because it's freaking awesome. I don't know <laughs> if I recall that. I don't think that was in, what, PS1. Okay. I would say it's not. So Wygraf is being recruited by okay. some mysterious group. That we know um, not. He's still around. It's reminding you, Wygraf's still here. He's not Okay, dead, good. Right? Okay, Lionel Castle. Once again, we're trapped, surrounded by Gafgarian. 
your party deals with knights on one side of the gate while you fight Gafgarian on the yeah, other side. Yeah, that was interesting. I thought that it's was It's a cool setup for the battle. Yeah. It's a really cool battle, just generally. You're fighting Gafgarian for the last time, basically. Right. Uh, you end up finishing him. I feel cold, he says, as he dies. That's, um, that's like, what's his name? Pirates of the Caribbean, Barbosa. Uh, I feel cold. cold. Before he dies, Jack Sparrow shoots him. And then Ramza says, goodbye, Gafgarian. Goodbye. And he dies. Um, um, yeah, I didn't take too many notes on this part. It's just I didn't final either. fight with Gafgarian. But I'm just upset that Gafgarian died. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I thought he'd just teleport out again. But then there's a line here. Dang it, I didn't say where this was from. I'm so upset. Uh, change the world? I'm not that reckless. Oh, I have that too. Is that next? I think it's next. Okay, then let's go there. Because this is when... Um, this is when uh, Ramza confronts the Cardinal. That's that conversation. Yes. Okay, perfect, perfect. But before that, in this version of the game, there's a whole other scene with My Delita, gosh, what the heck? With Delita and Ovelia. Really? As they're going back the waterfall. So that's the scene you were telling they're me about. Go, yeah, they're going back through there again. Cool. And she's, you know, bemoaning her position and like, oh, Delita, like, what do you actually want? And mm-hmm. I hate that I'm a princess, you know, these types of things. And he reply, or she, she claims that his promise to deliver her from those that would use her was an empty one. And he says, empty or no, you have no choice but to follow me. The hounds are loosed. No bolt hull is left to you. Run, and you'll still be hunted as the princess who stands in the way of the throne. Just cold, matter of fact. Mm. And she just says, why must you say these things? <laughs> He's too straightforward, man. <laughs> Gotta Why don't talk you to a, care to about how I feel? Right? <laughs> Very convincing to me uh, as, you know, someone who's really struggling. They just want to be heard. They want their mm. feelings to be known. And this person's just continually railing them with the reality of the situation. Like, this is the problem. This is what you have to do because of it. I don't just listen. Just want <laughs> to be heard, you know? Why yeah. must you say these things? That's so funny. They have a battle. Delita protects her, and then uh, he says at the end of that battle, was that enough to lift the gauze from your eyes? Bathe the earth in bitter tears, and it will still be all too content to drink your blood. Bemoan your fate and wait for, and wait for it to claim you, or take my hand and live. The choice is yours. He's like, enough crying about it. You like, you have a choice. Die or come with me. What are you going to do? Let's, let's change the world. And she says, it appears I have no choice. And then they leave. Mm. So, yeah, that scene was added. That's cool. That's a good scene. So you get a little bit of extra time for her to sort of develop through this horrible, life-changing news she's heard about. Mm -hmm. The fact that she's not the real Ovelia. Like a a foundation-shattering, identity-shattering reveal for her, right? Yeah. I like that the scene's added because it gives that more space to like be working inside of her as a character, whereas in that version, that scene's not there. And it's yeah. like she never thinks about it again, almost. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. <clears throat> um, okay, then we go back to Lionel Castle where Ramza confronts Cardinal De La Croix. And I really love the language of the lore, the lion's version. Um, De La Croix says, I see Gafgarian's sword was no match for his words. Then again, perhaps the fault lies with his adversary. Bayov blood is not given to spill easily, even when thinned with that of a courtesan, it would seem. With that Ram- of what? A courtesan. So that's a poison. Ramza, no, courtesan is like a, 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 oh. 
a prostitute or something. Oh, okay, okay. Because Ramza is, is half brother to um, Dystarg and uh, yes. Zalbag, right? No, okay. okay he doesn't have the same mother. In the PS1, he says a different word, but okay, yeah. yeah. So he had a different mother yeah. than the pure Beowulf elder yes. brothers. So I just really like that line. Is Beowulf blood is not given to spill easily, even when thinned with that of a courtesan, it would seem. Mm. So it's like, I don't know, I just really like it. It's, That's a good line. That's a good it's line. like, I don't know what he says in the PS1 version necessarily, but it's like, basically, even as a half Beowulf, it's really hard to kill Beowulfs, right? Yeah. They're just really good warriors. <laughs> it's more or less the same thing. But. Yeah. Um, then he even tries to persuade you to join him a little bit. Um, says the princess accepted the plan, like she's going along mm. with it, like, don't you want to get back at your brothers? Right, because she's gone. He's like, she's gone now. Yeah, does your does besting your brothers hold no allure for you? And then Ramza, this is where he says, I have no wish to change the world, but nor can I stand by while men suffer and die on the whim of some select few. Do you truly believe you can change the world? Not even I am so naive as to believe that. Nice. And then his response to great. that, I love Delacroix's response to that. Ha <laughs> ha, uh, nascent humility from one possessed of such an artifact. He has the stone, mm. the Torah stone. That stone you hold can twist the very weave of nature to say nothing of the world. So it's like you have no idea like what the power. you have. Yeah. You have no clue how powerful that stone is. Mm. And then he basically shows you what it does. <laughs> He pulls his Scorpio stone okay. out and reveals the fact that he's a Lukavi demon. Kuchulain, the impure. Oh, I didn't. Oh, quick, quick lane. Kuchulain. I can look it up. Kuchulain, the impure, possessing the body of the cardinal, right? Okay, so it's Kukurain. Kukurain. Yeah, Kukurain. That's what it says in the Japanese. So Kukulain. Kukulain. The impure, the the Kavi demon who this has been possessing tainted the King Kukulain. Yeah, yeah. I love the design of this boss. It is so I terrifying. I didn't. I thought it was awesome. Is dude. it different in War of the Lions? Because I, I kind of laughed so. out loud when I first. So saw he's it. he's got his like his yes. stomach split. That's sort of like um, yeah, and it's like tied back together. So uh, you have those like what do you call it? Sutures or uh, stitches. Yeah, like stitch it up, and he'll like open it up like this to oh. reveal like a giant mouth yes. inside, and that's what he uses to like curse you in the battle. So when you're fighting him, he'll he'll cast doom and sleep, okay, and okay. all of these like curses on you by like opening his stomach up, and this giant cavernous mouth no. comes out and goes blah, and like breathes this <laughs> disgusting gas on you. Yeah, and like it's I I thought it was I thought it was a really cool design. No, that is cool. That is cool. <laughs> What I didn't think was as cool. Okay, so the effects were sweet. Okay, so where is this? Where is this? The uh, special, just the general visual effects of when he's transitioning. He pulls out the oh, stone. Yeah, you got the powers. swooping, and, and it's an additive transfer design. mode. Yeah, and it just looks sweet, right? So powerful. And then it reveals, poof, some big, funny-looking dude with a huge <laughs> gut. He reminds me of... Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, the, it's uh, the, Oogie Boogie. Yes, from Nightmare it reminds Before me of Christmas. Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas. But it just looks like kind of a mindless, like obese dude just sitting there, standing <laughs> there with his gut sticking out. It just looked really funny, and it, the gut was popping the seams because he's so big. Anyways, it was just um, I thought it was a little silly. <laughs> 
But that's all. That's all. Yeah, it's it's the seams are hiding this giant demon mouth. Yeah, yeah. That he opens up and casts curses. It's more palatable on later on. And as I see all of the other demons elsewhere, I guess that's a little, maybe a little spoiler for chapter three. But there are more. Uh, they all look a little screwy like that. Yeah. They all look like baggy clothes. It's like really just interesting. Creepy, but Grotesque. like Nightmare Before Christmas type looking people. Yeah, more like uh, who's the director? Um, oh, Burton. Burton. Tim, Tim like Burton. Tim Burton, like demented that looking style. Designs. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Which is cool. I just wasn't expecting it at all. It, it <laughs> he looks kind of like the Pillsbury Doughboy a little bit. There's some great dialogue between him there too. He he kind of changes the way yes. he talks in the fight. Like it, it's almost like there's a new voice, right? Um, let me see if I can pull some of it up here because it's pretty cool. Oh, by the way, instead of saying changing nature. Oh, the music is good in this fight too. It's really Oh, yeah. Instead of saying changing the very nature of things, he says change the very truth of everything with the stone's power. You can change the truth. You can't just change things, you can change the truth. That's interesting. Which is like, with the game's, one of the game's premises being what is true, that was a very interesting, I thought. Yeah. Okay, see if I can get to the part where he talks a little bit, because it was kind of interesting. There's one line that I wrote down that says, he says, I can't die until he resurrects. I don't understand that. I I believe it's as he's dying. I do. (laughs) But this... (laughs) I think he says, my master. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Then I say, who is he? The master? The others are mere puppets? Question mark. But let's go back to the chapter title. Which is the manipulator and the subservient. Yeah. So, my guess is he is the subservient, not the manipulator. Only because he dies. Otherwise, he'd be the manipulator. <laughs> yeah, so some of this dialogue, right? It, it changes, like, in the style that he speaks in as he's, yeah. like, the demon now. I was trying to wake my guy up because he was asleep. Okay, so here it is. This is the Arasite's sacred power, Ramza says. How how can power so vile banish villainy? Surely the Cardinal was no greater evil than this. And then he says, Behold Lukavi. They see how like power is written. Power made manifest, whose might o'er all creation once held sway. He's like speaking in like a demon biblical way. Mm power of the Lukavi. I see only a devil before me. What have you done with the cardinal? What nonsense this. I am the man himself. Or rather he who was, or he who once was Delacroix. Yeah, so this is important. Once you use the stone, you're like possessed. It changes mm-hmm. who you are, not yeah. just, you don't manifest as a demon, then you go back to being yourself. Yes. It's like you're done, you're yeah. taken over. The stone, the Arasite, such powers grant to rise above man's frailty, a god. A god. A god who brooks no meddling of fools, die and no suffering. Anyway. Sick. And then he says something to the effect of, I can't die before my master revives or something. Yes, at the end, right? which is crazy. But then there's another stone where I'm thinking, oh, dang. It just, it didn't occur to me until this point that Oh, we're, we're going to collect all 12 of these, aren't we? This is a stone collecting game now. <laughs> this is get a stone. Got to get all the Dragon Balls, and then we can make a wish. 
Afterward, you get an, another scene in Zeltania, Castle Keep, yep. where Goltana, uh, Delita comes in and meets with Goltana there, right? And then all of Goltana's men, Sid is one of them, you know, a bunch of people. He claims to serve Baron Grimm's. I'm Delita Hyrall, a black ram lieutenant in service of His Excellency, the Baron Grimm's. Yeah. First, Delita is kind of just like saying whatever to anybody. Yeah. Right? Like he's he's in the service of the Cardinal over here, but not really. Now he's saying he serves Baron Grimm's. And well, he's, and this isn't smart of him because it turns out that the guy informs him, oh, but Baron, Baron Grimm's, Grimm's died a month ago. And he yes. goes, yes, indeed. Oh, so sad. It's That's like, why I had to rush here so quickly. You probably are taking advantage of the fact that he's dead because it can't yes. be verified now that you were Because people were like, uh, Hyrule. I've never heard the name of that house. Do like, you know what Hyrule is in Japanese? No. It's the same word for Hyrule. Oh, it's really? Hairaru, so it's Hyrule, uh, is what they're saying. Okay. That's his land. So, so I'm Delita Hyrule, the Black Rim Lieutenant of, in service of His Excellency, the Baron Grimm's. His Excellency dispatched me to rescue the princess, and so I did, disguised as one of your own, a sheep in lion's clothing. I oh, really liked that line. That's great. <laughs> that's great. And then Galtana says, I thought Baron Grimm's and his Black Rams felled in battle against the eye a fortnight past. And he says, indeed, that dark news spurred me to return with all the greater haste. Hmm. So it's like, plausibly, he's able to disguise himself, I feel, yeah. here, yeah. by using, um, you know, someone he served who can neither confirm or deny that yes. he is one of them. <laughs> and it's great because it's like, oh, they already yeah. think he's some great person. They think he's right? a knight. And so yeah. he can get away with this. Yep. And in some sense, he has to get away with this. Because yes. if he's like, I'm a commoner, I just, you know, what yes. I was born in a town, they and my, my mom's poor. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, you know. So he has to make up something. That's just how their world works. So then he, he also says, yes, I brought a prisoner with me. Oh, he this is great. brings in somebody. This is great. Uh, who claims that the chancellor, Glovan, who is there among yes. the, re- the retinue of Goltana, that he's be, a traitor. That he's a traitor, right? Yes. That he he had been the one to try to capture or kill the prince, the the princess, or something like that. Um, and uh, he's he denies it. He's like, no, I don't know this man at all. Yeah. Like I no, it definitely wasn't me. And then Delita's like basically just on the spot. I, I can't believe this. This is just crazy. Kills the guy Can on the a spot. A foreigner slays an advisor of the king in his own in the king's own court. Yep. And gets away with it. Gets away with it. In part, he has a bit of a larger-than-life presence at the moment. Delita yeah. does, and everyone's kind of... And he's taken advantage of the momentum. Yes. So it's sort of believable. But at the same time, no king would allow someone they don't know who just walked in to slay one of their advisors without trial, without anything, based yeah. on pure hearsay. Anyways, very... But it was powerful for the yeah. story, and especially as the close of Chapter 2. It was actually really good. Yeah. But if you just think about it for a minute longer than you ought, um, you, you it's 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 tough to swallow. Just yeah, it's almost bit. like he distracts them from that he, by saying you got to move against the yeah. queen right now. Right now, we don't have time for this. I'll kill yeah. him. You got stuff to do, and they're like, oh, okay, okay. So basically, he's like, um, they have to move against the throne now, or else, like. They're going to find out about some of these things that are going on. It's the, the the truth is going to be twisted so that it'll put paint Goltana as a traitor to the crown and all these things. Like, you yes. got to move right now, otherwise, like you don't have a chance. Like your your window to succeed will pass. Yes. 
Um, and then we get a narrated sequence. Oh, which is great. I love uh, it. Over the top of a bunch of chocobos mount, mounted yes. with knights fighting in a battle, right? That basically says Goltana was successful in sacking the royal capital and banishing the queen to Besalat, which is where the queen had originally banished Andoria's mother. <laughs> um, she had sent a lot of people there as, as to be banished from the kingdom because mm -hmm. she was a cruel queen. So she gets banished to the same deserted island or whatever. Um, Ovelia is crowned the Queen of Ivelisse by Coltana. Uh, but Larg doesn't give in and he crowns Orinus. So it's like... They both crowned him, yeah. Yep, so they both yeah. crowned different heirs and now they're basically moving into the full scale yep. War of the Lions here. Right. Say, thus begins the Lion War. Mm -hmm. That and, intriguing and well told. I loved it. Yep, and that basically brings us to the end of chapter two. So that's it for um, this week. Play up, play through um, chapter three. Play through chapter three. Uh, Patreon. Vote for the next game. <laughs> vote for the next game. That's true. And yeah, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Looking forward to it. Peace out. <laughs>